Podeskew is a founding member of the Odd Pods Media Network. Hi, I'm Sam. I'm Richie. And I'm Little Matt. And here at the 500 Section Lounge, we have a few requirements. First, you've got to be able to talk about anything at all. Secondly, you need to be able to laugh, play games, and talk to some very interesting people. From sports radio personalities to reality television contest finalists and everything in between, we talk to them all. Yeah, it's all right here in the lounge. So be on the lookout for what we do next. And always be there to grab a listen. listen. Podcast. I am CJ, and with me as always is my hetero LMA Rico. What's up, man? What the fuck is going on? Oh God, I, that that that's some deep cuts, at least for me, I guess. I but, almost like was whipping out like like of course I know him. He's, his name is Shakespeare. He's a pirate. Oh God. Ugh. Well, if you y'all sound, can't figure it out, sound like out. the title of our franchise. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. Except except. I'd probably enjoy that more than I did these movies. Oh, 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 okay. It's going to be one of those episodes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it is. I told you to watch Due Date. And I didn't do that. No. (laughs) No. I told you, you probably would enjoy Due Date. Yeah. But no. No. (laughs) I'm trying to give you an easy way. I'm like, look, you're probably not going to like these movies. But there's one that's kind of like the, you know, stepson. Off to the side, that's not bad. Well, and to be fair, I saw, um, I've seen all three of these before, spread out yeah. over, you know, a multitude of times. Like you re- know. release date times, so I'm assuming. Not even. I think I saw the first one years after. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, someone gave it to me. Like, I knew a guy that was doing, like, you know what? Do you know what torrents are? Yeah. Okay, so I knew a guy that was doing a lot of torrent moving, and like he yeah, just. I know all about the pirate bay and shit yeah. like that. Yeah. So he handed it to me one day, and he was like, "Here, here's the Hangover," and I'm like, "Oh, okay, you know." You, you got the Hangover, like quote unquote, illegally. Right. Like that's of all the titles, that's pretty fucking funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I um I watched. No, I watched it with some people that I'm no longer close to, um, but it wasn't bad. But you know what? We we I'm sorry, buddy. I jumped in. We usually talk about how we're doing. What's going on, man? <laughs> All right. I'm a little, you know, frustrated with fucking life and shit, but you no, know, I'm getting through it, it as best I can. Yeah. Um, um I I actually have a sad announcement. I don't think we've told some some of our audience knows, but I, I think we should talk about it on here a little bit. Um Sure. The uh for those of you who are long term Long time Potaskew listeners, you know that our opening music has changed over the over the years. I guess well, how long ago did we change it? Now it's got to be at least a year, right? Maybe it's, eight, it's about a year and a half. It's about I always months. kind of view yeah. it as like the halfway mark of now. That sounds about right. Um, and 
the music originally was a snippet from a song called 96 Reasons by the band dubbed in English. Um, now, you never heard any vocals on that, and that was by design because we wanted just music. Um, but the lead singer of that band, Steve, um, we found out late last week, right, right after we finished recording, actually, mm-hmm. that he, he passed away suddenly a couple days earlier. Um, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you told me, and it, it you I didn't really know enough about Steve sure. because yeah, like you've ta- you've talked about the previous band members, and um, you were particularly close to in terms of storytelling. You talked about one in particular, but um, it was because for reasons we won't go into, you and I have privately been like, well what about the band, you know, and, and, and you've had nothing but praise to talk about the band, right. um, over in all your stories and, and privately and, and publicly. Um, but you never really specifically gave them names to me. So when you were like, Oh my God, dude, Steve died. I'm like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> and, and you explained it to me and, and then you, you floored me with like, you know, the man that I am today is largely because of, of Steve's oh, influence. Sure. Like I would not be who I am without Steve. Yeah. That's for that. Yeah, there's no. And what I mean by that is maybe not my personality, my my maybe even a little bit, but like the. J- yeah, I guess it is. The the he he changed my perspective on life in a lot of ways, all for the positive, in my opinion. <laughs> well, when you told me this, and I was I feel I was feeling bad for you. I tried to have a little bit of levity. I was like, so I should really fucking hate this guy. <laughs> Yeah. So this is entirely his fucking fault. That's entirely fault. his fault, yeah. Well, you know, rest in fucking rock power, man. <laughs> I mean, he... Yeah. So memorial, uh, the memorial's this week, and uh, I'll be seeing the rest of the band. Uh, we've been in touch with each other, you know, ever since this, since we found this out last week. Um, but I don't think I've even told you yet, Rico, is I, I'm the one that sprung this on them. They had no, nobody had any fucking clue. Uh, you you did you did tell me because you were in such a blur. You actually found out from someone else. Yeah, and and the way that they presented it, it was like it happened like a month ago. They like well, he, they were just he, finding well, out, and then you did a little research, and it just happened like a he, day or two before. I want to just in case that person because I think that person listens to the show occasionally, so I want to stress that like he didn't indicate any particular amount of time, but it did seem like it was longer than. 48 hours for sure, right. you know, so, um, not necessarily, I, I just don't want to hold that month staple in case he's less, you know what I'm saying? Like, a kid, I, yeah, like, I'm, 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 I was slightly exaggerating of the time, but, sure. like, but the way at the, at the time you made it, did you did make it seem like it was, that's what it, cause that's he, what it, he thought it was weeks ago. Right. And that's what it, it did come across as. And that's not, it's not, it's not anyone's fault because what he found was incredibly vague. And then I did more digging and got the specifics. So, right. um, so nobody, nobody's, nobody's in the wrong here for just in case. No, no, no. I mean, you know, and, so. and ultimately, it doesn't matter. Like a friend, right. your friend died. Right. Who gives a fuck when it when, happened? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, well, yeah. I mean, I part. You know, it sucked to know that it was a few days earlier, but I think it would have been even worse to know that like it happened a month ago, and I wasn't able to like attend whatever 
thing they might have occurred, you know. So now I can at I least mean, attend the thing, you know. I agree. I do also acknowledge that it is it, of all the ways to find out, it's better that you found out from a friend. You know, yeah. you and I know, yeah. you and I have experiences in that sense where it's like, like I found out an ex-girlfriend, Allie, died by going on her Facebook, just being like, I wonder how Allie's doing. And then being like, she had died two days beforehand. You yeah, know, that, that happened. That's, a, that's obviously doesn't compare to, you know, what you went through, but it's it's a rough. But I've, I've had that same experience, though. Not the one that you're thinking, but I had another person I dated briefly that I was still friends with. And. Um, she had this habit of like disappearing for like weeks and months on end though. Like, so mm-hmm. like not hearing her from her for stretches of time was not, um, abnormal. abnormal. And then I happened to jump on it. And I, so I would, this is back in the days of MySpace, you know, before yep. Facebook was a thing. And I would jump on her MySpace from time to time just to see what she would, cause she would post, but she wouldn't contact. Like it was, it was really weird. Right? right. So I was just seeing what she was up to. And then her sister posted a thing on her, her page about it. And I was like, what now? So I know your, uh, your first reaction is what a cruel joke to play on me. You know what I mean? Right. You know, when, when Allie died, I looked at, I'm like, what a fucking awful thing to do. Like to pretend that she's dead. And then I was like, I, I, I had her, uh, her parents' emails, and I contacted them. Like, this is a sick joke, right? Like, Allie was nineteen. What the fuck? Right. And they're like, yeah, this is an uh, an embolism. Jesus. Yeah. So, um, I anyways, don't know, I don't know. If, you know, yeah, I don't know if we're gonna do a, 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 a another time, like maybe a deeper uh, look into the time that I spent hanging out with the band and him and whatnot. But I, I wanted to just pass that information on, I guess, to to the long-term listeners. And some of them, as I know, as I mentioned, know, because I did post something on on my Twitter and my Facebook that, you know, about yeah. it. So, um, well, I'm, I'm very genuinely sorry for your loss. Thanks, man. I, no, I appreciate I, you know, it. I know he was a friend and, and yeah, it's so it, weird too. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, no. I was just saying it's hard. It's really, I mean, not for nothing. I'm I'm very lucky in the sense that all of my friends that have not been girlfriends are still alive. You know, I got Michael, I got you, sure. I got Joe. Um, you know, I'm very lucky in that aspect. Um, it would be, it would it would fucking shake me to the core if someone like you or Michael or Joe, you died right. of of just you know it's it's and a hard thing. It's I hard wanna... to lose a parent. It's even I would argue it's just as hard to lose a friend in a lot of ways yeah um i would i would stress this though just to not give off like a false pretense steve and i were not very close over the last like 18 years 20 years you know like we were i don't even know that he with, with all respect to steve i don't even know that he thought we were that close when we did hang out you know what i mean like i think i and i'm not saying he didn't value our friendship but i think i certainly put more value on it than than he did do you know what i mean in that mm-hmm. i i took i took more from the friendship in terms of learn like i said learning learning the things i learned and becoming who i am than he well, probably it, took from it's me. kind of like a mentor thing like it's, sure. it's like a teacher like a student will really gravitate for what a teacher will explain but the teachers gonna be like look you're just another fucking student like i like you but do your work right and it wasn't that cold but yes that's no i get but, the point yeah, but yeah i i can understand 
like a one-sided friendship doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. As long as it improved you, it wasn't and, you one, uh, and you didn't beat the shit out of each other, I think it's fine. Yes, and I, I, I first, I do want to stress, I don't think it was one-sided, but I just don't think it was equal parts. That's what I'm getting at, you know, in terms All of right. the, in terms of impact. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't I think if if something God forbid had happened to me and he found out about it, I think he'd be upset about it. I don't think he'd be like meh <laughs> You know what I mean? Like I don't think it's like that. <laughs> you know. You know. But I also I also don't know that he'd be as um rocked about it as I seem to be. You know, so I don't know. That's I, I don't know. Like I, but, I... <laughs> Um anyway, the the point the point is that he, you know, I, I you know, don't I don't have all the details about what happened yet, which is also always the hard part when you don't know exactly what the fuck is going on or or what happened. But what um, the fuck is going on? Yeah. Um, but we hope. You know, I I was I I don't know what else to say. It's just I rest in peace, Steve. You know, and that's all I can really say. So big bucket of win. Yeah. He he actually really did. Well, maybe we'll do a thing like a separate thing, like we did, you know, with with some of the other people that we've dealt with that have passed away over the years yeah. since we've done this. So, um, but let's get into the the movies. I I think that might be a good good way to go. There's no easy right. transition, but um, we are we are talking. We we figured since last episode we did the back to college, most of those kids uh get drunk a lot. <laughs> and so, while not while these movies are not about kids, the the aftermath of the Hangover is a real thing. Don't shake your head at me, motherfucker. That was the logic on this. Don't. Uh, yeah, yeah. It just took you a while. Like you explained that, like you were hungover, fool. Like <laughs> listen, fool. I've been I'm exhausted right now. It's been a week. All right. Um, okay. I, I'm also going to include an honorable mention of due date because I do kind of like it. Like, let me put it this way. If they released the hangover movies, like in one of those compile, uh, those, uh, companion yeah. packs yeah. where all the movies were in together, it would not surprise, you know how they had like the four, it'll be like three, but sometimes they'll go up to four movies. Sure. Like the first four Batman movies. Right, 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 right. It wouldn't, if they were like cheaply selling this on like DVD, it would be no surprise it would include due date, is what I'm saying. Gotcha. Like due date does feel like if you took Planes, Trains, and Automobiles or the vacation, like the first vacation movie, rolled it up with the humor and style of the Hangover films, you would get due date. Plus, it's Todd Phillips and it's Zach Galifianakis both coming back. Right. I'm listening. I was. I was. I'm actually looking up to see if that actually is a thing. It wouldn't surprise me. No, it uh, seems like they're just keeping a group together, the three. The well, only time I'm okay, the only so time I'm seeing how would it, you rank hangovers one, two, and three? I I think I, I can I, already guess. I don't know that I want to answer that question. I think I can I think I can probably guess. Yours is probably one, three, two. No. Really? No, you're not you're not even close. Okay. Well what is it? I would say two one three if I had to. I I was under the impression you fucking hated two. I I remember not liking it because I said I've seen all these once before, and honestly, right. I'm not even. I, I say that, and then I'm not even certain that I've seen three before this because I don't remember a lot of three at all when I watched okay. it again. Um, two, I remembered a lot of. One, I remembered a lot of. Three, not so much. Um, 
And be yeah, I I um yeah, man, I I I didn't really like I didn't like three at all. Honestly. I like three a lot. I I thought it was I thought it was stupid and borderline offensive. Honestly, you thought three was more borderline offensive than two. Yes. All right, let's start with talking about one. <laughs> you just like that. We'll get there. I'm. I this is gonna fucking ding ding, motherfucker. Like no, this I don't. Is, I don't. I honestly don't think so. Um, I really like three. Like I, I know it's very different, but I do. Look, whether we agree on the ranking of of these personal films or personal films, our personal feelings of the films. Sure. These aren't home movies. Um, there is footage of me hungover, but not not theatrically. Um, I, you could at least. I hope you agree with me that I think these films feel like a real trilogy. Oh like, yeah, that I can agree with. Sure. Without like yeah. the like three is a big departure of one and two, but it still feels like the third film of a hangover film. I I okay so so you kind of hit on the two points for me right there. Yeah yeah first off yes I will I will say that I agree with you. Yes they mm-hmm. do, and the fact that it's called all the movies well the sequels I mean are called part two. Part mm-hmm. three, as opposed, and I know it's a minute thing, but having that word "part" there, I think, really helps. Like if it had just been the Hangover Two without the word "part" in the actual title, I think it would have felt more disjointed. Even though, do you know what I mean? Like, I I totally agree. The 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 interesting thing is, I felt like the parts. And the titles were at this point an homage to Godfather because, Maybe. because like by the third film, the cover for the third film plus like the DVD cover of the compilation, like the Hangover trilogy, it shows them looking like Godfather esque. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, like Galifianakis is in an armchair with looking a like fucking old, yeah. like a like a like a relative of Vito. Yeah. You know, no, I, so it's actually not a bad price either. <laughs> Can't lie, I wouldn't buy it. It's not a bad price. So, though, for, for obviously, we're going to spoil the fuck out of all of these. But like, well, Christ, the they've, hangover, been out, they've been out the first long Hangover. Enough. Like, that was like the record-breaking comedy of all time until Hangover Two. For our rating, I believe. I think there's. Yes. I think it had to classify. You have to add that that uh, that. Asterisk, not asterisk, but that that, that thing to it Prince that it was R rated and it was the most yeah yeah. Um, Todd Phillips called the first Hangover his Star Wars because he made so much goddamn money. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm sure. Which is a, which is a weird thing to fucking like acknowledge. Like that the the comparison of like that's my Star Wars. Like what you mean it revolutionized film? No, it made me money. <laughs> right. Um, so, the first hangover is a wedding, and the dude fucking, uh, what's his name? Um, Doug. Doug. Doug yeah. is getting married, and he brings his two, his, his, his two friends, Stu and Phil, Bradley Cooper and Ed Helms, are want to throw him a bachelor party in Vegas. And they have to bring his, uh, Doug's future brother-in-law, Alan, played by Zach Galifianakis. As a Zach Galifianakis, to- for, a, for just a... Is is 
one of those comedians where I get both increasingly frustrated seeing him in movies as well as enjoying his humor, like but begrudgingly. Right. Because in, in, in his character in Alan is the the nicest way to describe him is he's weird. Oh, that's yeah, that is the nicest way to say it. But I also like there's these weird little miscon like things about him. Like there's a portion where they pick up Bradley Cooper, who's a teacher, which by the way, that's fucking stretching worst it. Worst his character as a teacher, a school teacher, is really stretching it thin. Worst teacher ever. Ever. <laughs> ever. Like and I really like Bradley Cooper as oh, an I, actor. I, I do too. You know, I I was just gonna say I was actually about to say when I got a, a second in to break in was that I wish he would do some more comedy stuff. Um I I like what he I like what he does when he tries to be funny. I just wish he would do more comedy. I, I, I like when he's comedic. I do, I'm not saying like he has to do more hangover movies because I doubt he w- would do something of that level anymore. But like, I, I listen. You may not be a fan of the movie, but did you see the A Team? No. Okay. He, you know, he's in that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So he's playing Face, which is a guy who's a bit of a smartass. Now, Bradley takes it a l- just a step further and makes it a little more funny than the character was on the TV show. Mm-hmm. But not so far off that you're watching it and like. That's not the character. Like it's, you know what I mean. He just adds his right. own little like Bradley Cooperism, I guess, to it. You know, um, he's a funny fucking dude. Actually, I thought he was the highlight of these films. On, you know, he's I, not I good, don't it, have a problem. It's it's not good that he's a teacher, the character, but but as a whole, the character was the highlight of the films for me. Let me put it this way. Like, it, it, watching these movies, I would imagine, it, like, you and I would be Alan or fucking uh, Stu. I I think I'd be Doug or Stu, personally. But I'm saying we would not be oh, no. Phil. No. And we would probably have, like, man crushes be like, yeah, Phil. Like, you're like, right, is Phil coming? Cool, because I like Phil. Like, yeah, because no, he's totally. good looking, he's buff, and he's witty, and kind of a dick. Let, let, let I mean, look, I, I mean this is a compliment, but I know how it might sound. Let's be real, Michael would be the fucking Phil if we were all in this situation. <laughs> like, I, 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 now you understand my confused friendship, right? <laughs> Where I'm just like, yes, because you're very much. Oh no, I'm not going to say that. Never mind. Go ahead. Are you going to call me Alan? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, it's... Fuck you, man. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm just. You would be, Doug. You, no wonder. We would abandon your ass. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We would um... roof you on purpose and then <laughs> leave you in the desert. <laughs> Uh, thankfully I have family out there I can just give them a call yeah you'd be like you want to move to Vegas this is how you do it motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) what we're trying to say is we like family (laughs) (laughs) no seriously though like he 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 really uh, to me saved these movies you know what I mean like it, it was watching him that made me enjoy these movies the most I think I will go uh, the same argument, but slightly different. I think 
the three main leads of the Wolfpack, excluding Doug, because let's be honest, Doug, Doug's really the MacGuffin. Yeah, he's really the- not. In, I mean, he gets a little. I think that's one of the things I like about too is you get a little more Doug than you do in the other two movies. But I would actually argue you get more of Doug in three than you do with the first two. No, because he's kidnapped for ninety percent of the fucking film. Well, he's gone in ninety nine percent of the fucking first film, and no, for sure. in the second film, he's just the guy, the in betweener. Right. Which, I mean, yeah, but I mean. I still think you see more screen time of, of Doug in the third film than you do of the first two. I, I mean, I, I don't have an argument. Because he is kidnapped, you, and, and fucking Marshall is holding him. I, I don't argue against the screen time in terms of minutes, but I felt like even though he was only in between her and two, he had a more pivotal role in getting from point A to point B as opposed to just being the MacGuffin, as you put it. You know what I mean? Like... He's really not involved once he gets taken. He's just there. I mean, he's involved in that he's the hostage, but he's not involved in the... He's the MacGuffin again. Right. Whereas in 2, he's a little more involved in in getting from point A to point B. Right. He he went from MacGuffin to McDuggan. (laughs) That was terrible. That was really bad. I I dug myself into a bad joke. I was was trying to think of... um, because it sounded like you were going to almost go MacGyver, and it's not that. But then I was trying to think of that character from Saturday Night Live that they ultimately made the movie out of. That was Oh, MacGruber. That's the one I was thinking of, yeah. I've never no. seen it, but, you know. Ma- Do you know what a MacGuffin is? Yeah, I know what that is. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think all the, the they complement each other. You have to have the kind of cool, you know, Phil character who Oh, sure, is no, this- no. They they had the characters brought together correctly for sure, you know. Yeah, and, and as much as Zach Galifianakis, like my my one of my all time favorite Zach Galifianakis jokes from his stand up is he said someone complimented my beard. I said, "Lady, I'm Greek. Those are my that's my eyebrows." <laughs> I thought that was so fucking funny as a joke because he did it silently playing the piano on stage like he's just like he's just the piano player who just like has these one line non sequiturs right you know and you know again I've seen a lot of Zach Galifianakis films I'm not a big fan of most of them I'm I'm not really a fan I'm not gonna lie yeah I I think it's an acquired taste he is the Jägermeister of comedians you know what I mean (laughs) okay I mean, which is apropos because he roofies them with Jaeger. Right. Um, you know, it'll he'll you might appreciate the alcohol because it's alcohol, but it also is tastes like Jaeger. So you're like, nah, well, you know, it's not really my thing, but it's it it gets the job done. Yeah. And I will say that like he has one of the funniest fucking ad lib jokes in the first hangover, where okay. uh Stu realizes that he gave away his Holocaust ring to a stripper and got married. And he says, she's wearing my grandmother's Holocaust ring. And he said, it was the funniest fucking line. He's like, I didn't know they gave out rings of the Holocaust. <laughs> yeah. I did remember that. That is such a fucking funny. I mean, it's, it's offensive, but it's really like you appreciate the genuine, 
innocence of Alan from time to time, where he's just a man child that he doesn't know any better. Well, no, see, and that's the, that's the thing that I was you were we were talking about the offensiveness, right? And I was saying I thought three more than any of them, because what I think they dive into by three is that he they they basically they basically put him in the spectrum and, and, and not in a good place by the third one. And I felt like they like, um, milk the crap out of that. Like I felt like they, they, it almost felt like they were making fun of people who don't get it because they're on the spectrum. Like they, 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 they placed him so far into that, that like in, in the first one, he just seemed like a fuck out and I was okay with it in the first one. And they progressively pushed him further into the spectrum than two and three. Like, even in two, I felt like, all right, he's still a bit of a fuck-up. But by three, it was like, apparently he's on medication. There's talking about sending him to a home, you know, um, for for people with mental disability. And it, it really just felt like by the third one, they were just pushing this, like, even if it wasn't intentional, that he, he was on the spectrum and let's make fun of the guy on the spectrum for two hours. And so fuck you was really kind of my thought on it. I, I, I'm not disagreeing with your feelings about it, but I, I'm of the opinion that they kind of were consistent with that outlook. Like the first introduction where it was Phil and Stu and Doug together, they're like, is he all right? Like, okay, is he all there mentally? Like, they were asking those questions from the very beginning. They were asking the questions, yes. No argument there. But what it, but the cat, but does it, because there are people sometimes that are just a little weird and you're like, is he all right? But you don't but, think he's, you don't think he's like, it, but they came this close to saying, you know, he was like legit saying he, he was, not even the R word, but just that he was on on the spectrum, or that he was disabled, you know, mentally disabled in some capacity. Like they came that close to it in in the third one, you know. Well, like, I I'm saying that I think they were that close throughout the first throughout the films. I think they were always on that cusp because they never give a real valid a real explanation of what Alan's he's could look not for nothing he is on the spectrum or he because. There's a part in the second film where he like has like a deep hardcore meditation and he views himself and his friends as children. No, no I get that, but like I took I took I took the first one and to all to, to a somewhat of the same extent the second one as him being very socially awkward. You know, as opposed to on the spectrum. You know, like it, it really to me felt like the third one jumped that line. Well, you can argue that he did progressively get worse throughout each film because yes. he was getting more drunk. He was doing hardcore drugs. He was doing fucking, he was going through craziness. He was getting blows to the head. You know, like there is, there are those theories that he did get worse by the third film where he now is so far gone that he does need to seek medication and treatment. And let me put it this way. It's implied that he was on medication for the first two films, and he stopped taking his yes, medication by it, the third it film. Was, it was so, very implied. So by the first two films, that's as quote-unquote normal as he, we're going to get Alan. And then by the third film, he's just abandoned uh, medication altogether and become depressed, as well as he just lost his father. So, like, 
Which to I some I, degree I, was I'm not though. disagreeing with you, but I'm saying I felt like it was you you as a as a structural character development for a for a film trilogy, they have to do something with Alan apart from keep him exactly the same. Why? So Stifler is pretty much exactly the same all the way through, say, the American Pie series. Stifler grows prod throughout the films. He doesn't grow enough, but he grows enough to make his character not just be a one note, a one trick pony where he like, did we ever think we were going to see Stifler have a romantic, uh, a romantic relationship? No, because he's such a loud mouth who offends all women. Yeah. He'll fucking get laid because he's charming when he wants to be and he's good looking. Yeah. Right. But, to have a sincere, romantic, you know, deep felt relationship, we didn't think was going to happen. And in order for that to happen, you have to make Stifler be the same, but grow and, and self-reflect. And he does a lot of self-reflecting in American Wedding as well as an American Reunion. Um, I think Alan has the biggest growth of any of the characters because by the end of it, he's, he... He wants to move on. He wants to grow up. He he disregards Chow. You have to put him in, in quote unquote rock bottom for him to climb out of it. Is how I'm looking at it. Which is why I actually do appreciate three for what it is. It, it is not the first two films. It is borderline a dramatic action film with a lot of funny one liners here and there. Right, it's, which it's is a, what. I, which is what I think it, I didn't like about it. Honestly. But that's what I liked about it. You know, because like they can't it, do the same fucking hangover. They can't do another hangover movie. They can't have them wake up. What the fuck happened? They have to push the hangover in the middle of their lives. See, the hangover see, is the metaphor for just it happens at this y- point. You say that, and yet it still happens, albeit you know it, in the mid credits. Yeah, but it still happens. But that was a joke because they said, we'll never do another Hangover movie. We'll only do the Hangover 3 as long as it stays there. So And so Todd Phillips was like, well, what if we did another joke mock Hangover 4? And then the care and then, and it's like, let's make it as even more ridiculous. Like, let's put fucking implants in stew, which right. would not have healed in, in 24 hours. No. So that's my point is the ridiculousness is so fucking gone at that point where they're now poking fun at themselves. You're not supposed to take that mid credit scene seriously. That's actually one of the funniest parts of three, in my opinion. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> like, well, of course, because it's so ridiculous. And the movie is so full of action and drama and, and, and shit like that. I mean, like, I'm, not, I'm not yeah. saying I outright hated the film. There's certainly aspects of it that I enjoyed. You know what I mean? So, like, it's not the worst thing. Like, like honestly, anytime I can see John Goodman, I'm usually pretty happy. Because I just fucking love me some John Goodman. Agreed. So, so watching him be this, this like, gangster, you know, and, 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 you know, things like the tie back to Black Dog from the first one, you know. Hey, hey, hey watch that shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, but, I mean, like, those little, those little tie backs are, are fun. You know, I also the enjoy fact he brought the kid, the kid. But yeah, but see, that's another thing I got a problem with, you know, like yeah. not that they brought the kid back. I got no problem with that. I got a problem with the fact that, you know, 
uh, he sits there and gets to tell him, I'm your dad, and, and this kid's going to think that that's his father. Yeah, that part, I I'm I have... I agree with you. That that part was... I it had no, fits the character, but as an audience, you're like, wow, what the fuck? Yeah, I mean, I have no problem with them saying yes, but, I, I, but the reason why if I, I wouldn't... Well, I do have a problem, but I wouldn't have had a problem if he went yes and then ultimately was like, actually, no. You know what I mean? Like, if he had said it and then that, like, had that... Like, you know that moment of reflection you talk about he gets he gets with, with Chow? Mm-hmm. Like if that had been the start of that cycle, maybe where he mm-hmm. said it at first, like his gut was, yes, I'm your father, because that's what he would want to say. And then he had that brief moment and was like, actually, no, I'm not. But I want I, I, I be your friend. I do agree with that. Like, I, like I was already not liking the movie up to that point, And that basically sealed the fuck this for me, you know? I, I'm not finding fault in 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 your opinion of that. I, that was definitely the. That's a risky move that they didn't need to do, and and I. But because it, it's, it kind of undermines the the meaningfulness of, him giving the kid the same glasses from the first film. Yeah, like it's it's really a kind of a heartfelt moment. Sure, but it's it's sort of bastardized by him lying to this kid and everything, but. I did, did, but do you understand that was the same actor who played the baby? No, I didn't know that. Actually, yeah, is it? So that's they, pretty awesome. That's why, like, that's my appreciation of what Todd Phillips. Like, yeah, we're talking, we're fucking praising the Hangover movies, kind of. But like, <laughs> I have to give Todd Phillips credit. Like, he, apart from Mike Tyson, like it, the third film wraps up the trilogy pretty well. But I, I agree. just think that they didn't find a place for Mike Tyson in the story. Yeah, but I didn't think you need it. Like, I'm I'm okay. Like, I, I don't... Actually, the fact that he's not in it didn't even occur to me until you just said it. Like, that's how little of importance I really had to me. Do you know what I well, mean? Well, I mean, you, there's, there's staples to the Hangover trilogy. Like, you know, like, you got Chow. You got Tyson. You got... Um, there has which, to be a hangover or some debauchery of something. Which can like, I... Like, I, I imagine Mike Tyson would have fit most prominently in the mid-credits... Hangover Four teaser. That's that's possible. I mean, and if we can talk about staples a minute, like, can I mention how much I don't like Ken Jeong? I just, I'm not, I'm not a fan of his. And I've seen him in other stuff. I've seen his stand up. There's nothing I've seen him do where I'm like, okay, that's entertaining. Like, I I agree. It, it's the same Galifianakis. Like the my opinion of Galifianakis is just with, like yeah. I don't. I'm not going to say to anybody, you can't like Ken Young, no, Ken Jeong no. or Galifianakis, but I agree. A lot of his stuff is very cringy, and I'm not. I'm, but I give him credit for fucking appearing nude, it, uh, like you know. Yeah, it's not even cringy. It's so, I, mean, I mean, I guess some of it is. I'm not disagreeing with you, but I think for me, it's not even about it's the, the cr- accent. It's not the accent. No, that I've heard him talk. It's not. Too far off his actual. He doesn't sound like you. Listen, I've heard he, he he exaggerates it for sure. But like, all right. So for example, he's a judge on The Masked Singer. I'm sure you've never watched it, but he's one of the judges on the show. I don't. I, I've I've seen it. Yeah. You've seen an episode. I've seen clips. Okay, I've seen. I've watched whole seasons until Nick Cannon said something stupid, and I was like, "Fuck you!" And then I stopped watching. But what did the kid say? 
Oh, something about um, it was it was one of those like things about um, it was something about about it was like a reverse racism thing about how white people will never get it. It was one of those things, you know. Like I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was just I remember okay. thinking like because I I don't like look I. I I don't want to get into a racism discussion. I understand there's racism. I agree there's racism. I don't think it's right. But don't flip it the other way and say that, like, you're superior. It was was almost like we're superior because we deal with racism. It was that kind of vibe. I don't remember exactly what the words are. That's not it either. You know what I mean? Like, that's my problem. It's not – there's no superiority here. We're all – we should all be the same. There shouldn't be racism – and we should all be happy together. It's not going to ever be. I, I agree. And I also extended the fact that I think the term reverse racism should not be a phrase. Well, okay. Because reverse racism is not racism. That's true. <laughs> all right. You're right. That's not a great term. But you get the point. Like, if it's the flip side. No, of I'm it, not criticizing yeah. your usage of it. I'm criticizing the phrase on a whole. I, no, I, and you're, you're, not, you're not wrong for that. But um, anyway, the, the, the point is not about Nick Cannon or what he said. The point is about Ken Jung and I've heard him talk on that like when he's giving his like I think this is the this this person is the person under the mask because speech and it's it's accent wise it's not you know as exaggerated as Chow is but mm-hmm. the the way he presents it otherwise voice sounds aside it's the same fucking character it's very aggressive. It's very extreme. It's very, you know. Well, maybe he, because I've seen earlier, like he was in Knocked Up, and he, all all our criticism is, is that Ken Jeong is a legitimate doctor who yes. happened to fall in a stand-up. Like he's, you know, he's a doctor. Oh, no, so, he's, a, yeah, he's an MD. Yeah. When they hired him to play a doctor in Knocked Up, it was him, like, uh, bridging into the comedy world that he was trying to get into, and he's comp- he doesn't have a quote unquote stereotypical Asian accent. He's just a dude. Like if you were closing your eyes and you listened to it, you would not be able to tell that he's Asian. I in knocked up. I well maybe in knocked up, sure. But in general, but my when point I've heard is him... maybe he exaggerates the Asian accent because he's so closely identified with Chow that he feels he has to be a character. Or, and that's possible. Or, much like when, when we have British actors playing Americans and you don't know they're British, it could be the flip side where he's able to erase it completely to play that role in, in Knocked Up. And then, you know, somewhere in between Knocked Up and Hangover is where his real voice is. You know what I mean? So, I, I also did read that he kind of loosely based Chow's accent and personality on, like, stereotypical Vietnamese and it was his own way as a Korean to get back at the Vietnamese, but the character itself is Chinese. Right. So like you can't like it. I think he's really kind of exaggerating the thing, but I'm looking up Ken Jeong. I'm curious where he was born. The point for me is that he was born in Detroit. So (laughs) right. The point for me is that I don't really enjoy his, his humor um, not even in these movies, just in these movies, but as a whole, I'm just not a fan. So I, I, I tend to agree. Um, I think his, I think he's another talented comedian, 
but I think he is a lot like Chow has to be who like if you have these three characters and Zach Galifianakis is the outsider, you have to have a villain that is so out of left field that it makes Alan almost look normal in retrospect. Yeah. Do I think do I think they went a little too far? Yeah. Um, but I also have to acknowledge Ken Jeong came up with some great ad libs and improvs. See that's like that's, it was it was his idea to be nude. And that and that's where you and I are very different when we watch these movies because you know I I couldn't tell you what was an ad lib and what was a, a script. I couldn't tell you you could put a gun to my head and say is that an ad lib or not and I'd I'd be dead. <laughs> and and I'm also of the opinion that like I may not like an actor or a comedian doing their performance or just their filmography, but I'll give credit where credit is due. Where I'm like, that was funny. Like I'll give you credit. Like the line he says where he has to give a password in the second film. Yeah. And it was baloney. Yeah. Baloney one. And he says, Oh, you know, it used to just be baloney, but they make you add number. I'm like, that is yeah. a fucking funny ass joke. Like Yeah, no, yeah. I mean look, there there are there are I, I laughed the most at the second one. Of the three, that's the one I laughed at the most. Well, I, I mean, I think they all have, for me, they all have levels of funny, but I think the second one, it, it, it does that sequel trope where it tries to really top the first one, so it goes darker and crueler and grosser. Like, there's... I don't, I don't, know, I don't know what the correct term to call them, but they're, they're, they're tied... Uh, the prostitutes, the, the she males, but I don't know if that's I think, acceptable. I, I, much. I, no, I think I think I think it's still technically a tr- it's either it's either one of two things, and I don't think either of them are offensive. Honestly, I think it's transgender that just didn't complete the whole process. That's possible. Mm-hmm. There's that happens a lot, or it's a hermaphrodite, which is not an offensive term. It's a technical term for someone that's born with both. Male and female body parts. So, well, I didn't see a vagina. I just saw a dick and balls. No, but there was tits. So, if those were natural tits, it's still you can still be a hermaphrodite and have tits and male junk. I so. yeah, I don't think those were natural. Well, that, maybe, that, maybe I'm not, sorry, but that was a dude with tits. And that might be. So then, you, then that goes back to the the transgender. Based on the fact it's Thailand, I don't think Thailand is like exclusive or hermaphrodites to be born there. I think no. it's just this is the business and that's what and, there, they and do. there's always there's always been a, there's been a joke going as far back to when I was a teenager about, you know, if you, you wanted that exact experience you go to Thailand. Like that's a joke yeah. that's been going as long as you, I can remember. So you go to Thailand to bang your cock. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Um God, I, I, I get what they were going for, but him saying Thailand every time made me want to punch my screen. Like I, I see, I I would jokingly call Thailand Thailand just as a joke, but I legit believe his character is just see, that's what I'm saying. I don't think of him as like we were talking about him being on the spectrum. I, it doesn't it doesn't offend me if he is on the spectrum, but sure. because I'm not on the spectrum. But I think he is so far gone of his mental maturity that it would like you can't just say, oh, he's weird. He's eccentric. You, you have to have a medical explanation right. for certain things. Um, one thing I wish they included, but they just 
like they explained on the commentary was that opening scene, the first movie where he and um, Doug and yeah, he and Doug go pick up Phil Bradley Cooper at the school. And he says, I shouldn't be here. I'm, I'm not allowed within a hundred feet of a yeah, school. Yeah, that or was whatever. a little. What? That was like, what? What is this? Okay, so the implication is that he did some shit with some kids. Zach Galifianakis and Todd Phillips both had an explanation in the commentary, which means barely, you know, some people heard it, some people didn't. Sure. That he, in his own mind, he looks like he that he feels like he's a kid, and he went up to some kids and just wanted to play and be nice. That he just like, hey, are you playing, you know, in the sandbox? I like playing in the sandbox. And then, of course, you know, it was a big misunderstanding. Well, I mean. I choose to view that explanation. They But they double down on that in the third one. What do you mean? His swimming partner across the streets, like a 12-year-old boy. Right. I don't think there's anything inappropriate going on. I think he's no, just I didn't say a child in no, a no, man's body. No, I'm not saying anything inappropriate happens with that, that boy, but I'm saying to the same point you're making about him wanting to play with the kids in the sandbox, it's the same, you know, it's the same he, deal. He wants to swim with this 12-year-old boy as opposed to doing something else, you know. Right. I mean, he's just 12 in a 40. I mean, uh, fucking uh, Stu says, he's like, don't let the beard fool you. He is a child. Like, that's really the the you know the crux of it but i don't think he's autistic i don't think he's no that's a degree of the spectrum like i know plenty of kids that are that are autistic and you know they'll never progress mentally past a certain right. age and 12 might be an example but they'll still be like 40 year old bodies you know so right. it, and, and if we are going with that route then there are like you said there are people that do exist so what happens if you give them jaeger you know what i'm saying like, well sure yeah I, I don't think he's so uh, he's not Rain Man because even in his own mind, he doesn't view Rain Man as something similar to himself. He calls him and, and bear with me. He calls him a retard. He doesn't even know how to pronounce retard. That's a, how immature he is. There's a lot of things he doesn't know how to pronounce. But yes, that's right. one of them. He, he doesn't know fucking, you know, he thinks Shakespeare is a fucking pirate and he calls him Shakespeare. Like. But those are just non sequiturs of Galifianakis trying to be funny. Yeah, but see, and again, I feel like they took it to an extreme where they made it seem like he, I don't know, it, it really felt like they were. Clearly the character Alan rubbed you the wrong way. Especially in the third one. Not okay, so much I, in the I, first two, but the third one for sure was like they are taking advantage of people who are, are actually like this, who, who have mental disability that are, that are autistic or whatever, and, and, and they're just poking fun at it, of it for two but, hours. But or an you hour remember my argument is that he is, tr- like, it, Alan has had people try to tell him how to live his life forever, including the Wolfpack, including sure. his father. He was unable to make any of these decisions of growing up until the final film. I, I and ultimately it looks like he didn't do a very good job because the mid credit scene happened, but not that's also mid-cre- not his fault either. Not that even was the mid drug of the cake. That's not even the mid credit scene. How about the sequence at the end, right before he gets married, when he's in there talking to them? It's it's the same yeah. shit, and I'm, that's you know. I'm saying credit deserves where credit is due. Where he is, he is trying to better himself. He is trying to like. See, I feel like he had more like he had a moment of clarity as opposed to a chain, a life altering, you know. Well, he's still going to be a fucking weirdo. There's no doubt about that. 
but like he wants to get married, he wants to settle down. He resigned from the wolf pack, so to speak. That that was the most important thing of his life. Right. So I mean, that's a big deal. That, that would be like you and me saying like you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do pod podescue anymore. I don't want to be our friend. You know, it's yeah, it's a yeah. like that's it, it, I don't even know how to be in that time in in that mind space of saying I don't want to be what this what we've been doing for right. a long time. Right. That's big personal growth. Some people have to do it. Some people should do it. So I'm saying for the character, yeah, look, they, they, they drag out the thing a little bit, but I think for the character development, he needed that. He needed the third film to really self-reflect. And in order for that to happen, he had to go through the first two films of being himself. And because he's not really a likable character either. He drugs. He's the reason there's the fucking hangovers of the first film. Largely the third film is large is not even really his fault. Mm -mm. Apart from the fact that, what he did in the first film, which led to the second film, is his fault. So it is kind of his fault, but like he didn't, right? He didn't drug anybody right. in the third film. And right. He was just trying to get, you know, he agreed to go to rehab. No, I well, sort of. I mean, if you remember, like a third of the way there, or, or like whatever it was, they were like, he had no. a panic attack. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah. Um, I, I, uh, you may not recognize the reference, but when they have the intervention scene and he starts. Like doing that long ass. None of that wine. came through. Your your mic has like a noise canceling thing. I think. Right, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be back. When he does the sound during the intervention, where he goes, <laughs> you hear that? Enough. But go ahead. Okay. I don't think you understand the reference to that. There was another like one of those intervention shows, and yeah, I know it's now like a fucking famous clip. Where a family is confronting their father, I assume, and the son, who's like, he looks like he's about maybe 17, he says, I know somewhere deep down in my heart, I still love you. And then the father has this really cringy, loud, I mean, it's emotional because you think it's true, but the way it comes off is this loud, nasally whine. No. Is what it sounds like, and so when I when Michael and I saw Hangover Three, we both looked at each other like, "Oh my god, it's that fucking clip!" Like Galifianakis took that one fucking thing and stretched it out for like another 10, 15 seconds longer than we expected it to be. I don't know. It made me laugh because I thought it was. It's weird to like see. Oh my god, he's referencing that fucking clip that we like thought was funny. Right, a clip of a guy who's actually emotionally going through shit. Well, I can't help in the fact that, like, it fucking was funny. Like, and, and it's not just that it was, like, a clip. Like, it was, it's been so memefied and shit that it now, like, transcended what it actually is. I don't even think people know it was from an actual show. Well, probably not. Yeah, like, anyways. Uh, other things I liked in the first Hangover, like, we'll, we'll I'm, I'm trying to find some positives no, I mean there are. I mean, like, like, look, honestly, like I said, to me, to me, the the highlight of all of them is Bradley Cooper. But like, I, I, like, but he's my still an unlikable character in a roundabout way. In a lot, in a roundabout way. But like, I love, I love, like, when he and he does this in first and second one. And I wish they had found a way to kind of do it with the third one somehow. But like, 
when they called they called Doug's wife. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and it starts with that, and then it kind of flashes back and mm-hmm. catches up in both films. You know, but like, you know, like especially the second one, one she's like, "Are we talk? How bad? Are we talking like no wedding?" And he's like, "Oh, way worse." <laughs> yeah. yeah, like and that, she she's even like, "Why? Why is it always you guys?" Right, like, right, <laughs> right. You know, but like his delivery of that, like that, Tracy, we fucked up. You know what I mean? And, like, also, like, when he wakes up both mornings trying to figure out what the fuck is happening, you know, like, I I like his presentation on all that, you know. And actually, I was was starting to like Zach in the second one. I was. I was kind of, I liked the way they handled the character in the second one better than they did in the the first or the third, especially the third. But the second Mm -hmm. one, I actually, because, like, the first one I got, right? You know, he's socially awkward. He he finds he doesn't even find, but he gets his, he gets attached to this group of guys that are already friends that he wants to be friends with. And because he's so socially socially awkward, he doesn't know how the best way to get involved with that group. So, he he goes the wrong way and does something mm-hmm. like let's give them the best night ever by fucking drugging them with Molly, you know. Uh, Ruf- well, yeah, well, but it ended up hey, being Rufalin, right? It ended up, which being is also Rufalin. not how you pronounce Rufalin. Well, sure, but and but his intention was Molly. It ended up being Rufy, but it, it his intention was the Molly, you know, mm-hmm. and it it ended up going to shit, mm-hmm. you know. I, I don't know, man. I guess I look. I, I I would have never gone to the extreme of of drugging people, but I've been that socially awkward person trying to get into the group of friends and be a part, and always feeling like the outsider. So I really kind of identify with that that part of it. I would have never again gone to the extreme of like let's dose them, and, you know, like that's something I would have right. never done, but. I, I, you know, I don't know, man. I, I yeah, but I don't think you would also be like the guy would be like doing, saying who let the dogs out in a not in a non ironic way. Be like, you know, who let the dogs out? Like, you know, he's. I don't. I don't no. think you're that socially awkward. No, but I've definitely been that guy that tries to get in that that feels uncomfortable in around sure. people to like a group of friends that have already been friends. You know what I mean? Sure, but you're also not going to whip out a switchblade and cut your hand open and be like, Blood Brothers. No, 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 no. I'm not going to be like, I'll give you, listen, I'll give you a real, good real life example, right? And there's no one, there's no, first off, I want to stress there's no blame to anyone here. You know what I mean? But like, I'm going to blame you. Sure. But, (laughs) When we went to San Francisco and played pool, like when we went out and met up, finally got met up with Johnny, like I, no one did anything. I want to, but like I really felt out of place, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and and I wasn't upset. I wasn't angry, but it's one of the reasons why I think I ended up playing pool as much as I did, because that's where I felt, I I felt comfortable, at least sitting there shooting pool. And if you guys had come over and and joined the game, it wouldn't have been like, go away. (laughs) You know what I mean? But like, right. So and 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 I'm not and that's why I want to stress because you didn't do anything, Michael didn't do anything, his girlfriend didn't, didn't do anything, Johnny didn't do anything. You know, like nobody did anything. You know, it w- it was a multitude of like at that time Michael was trying to make plans with, to 
go on a trip. Right. And he was trying to figure that out. And I also hadn't seen Johnny in months, right? Months yeah. at that point. And yeah. and I feel a little like I felt like we should have included you in the conversation. But you we also you like I think at one point I was like, Hey man, you good? And you were like playing pool, like, Yeah man, I'm good. I'm like, all right, well, because by that point I was playing pool and I was good. But I mean there was a point at least at one point where I was really kind of like just feeling out of place. And, and again, it's not so I but the I only bring that up not to talk about that situation and figure it out. I bring it up to the to to parallel that I get when you're a, you know, those three know each other. Doug, Phil, Stu, they've been friends presumably what since high school, you know, or if college not college or whatever. College, yeah. right. So they've been friends for a long time. You know, bringing in someone who's kind of so definitely more socially awkward than I am but still socially awkward and mm-hmm. and wants desperately to be a part of just being friends with these people and and then yet yeah, like I think and that's why he goes to the extreme of like I'm not even talking about the, the the blood brothers well yes that's extreme but even just like that giving it a name immediately and and like the wolf pack and that whole thing you know or like, the little song the, the three best friends that anybody can have right Right, like all that extremity right up front, you know what I mean? Now, I don't do that stuff, but I get it, and and I have in my past when I was younger and definitely more so, so socially awkward, but because I was, you know, 15, you know, as opposed to 40, you know, well, so. I think I think it's relatable. We've all, I think we've, it's fair to say we have all been in that situation. That's there have been times where. I know people that probably I, haven't, and you know one of them because he's your friend. And I mean that in a positive way, but I, you know. That haven't? Yeah, that have not been in that situation. Like well, I think, I've been I think in it's situations say, with Michael. What's that? Where I said, I've been in situations with Michael where, like, Michael has a lot of buddies. But, like, I know, I'm, I'm at that point where I'm like, I'm, I know I'm his best friend. Like, I'm, you know, I'm secure in that friendship. Right. But, like, we've gone out, and then, like, other people will be like, hey, what's up, Mike? And I'm that guy who's like, I know he doesn't like to be called Mike or Mikey. Mm. I know that about him. Sure. But everyone calls him Mikey or Mike. But I've always referred to him as Michael to his face and and private and, uh, and yeah. to Anytime, other people. Yeah. So I it's kind of that weird thing where I'm like, I'm hanging out with other people that think they're really close, but they are also not aware that they're like slightly annoying him. Like he my at this point, Michael's like, it's just going to happen. Right. No one's going to fucking call me what I want to be called. It actually makes you know, me wonder now if I did it when I was there. I don't remember. I don't think you did. I think you referred to him as Michael because I've always referred to him as Michael. No, but I might, I might've, I, the only time I can think of is like remember one time we were walking down the street and he got like three blocks at not that far but like it felt like three blocks ahead of us. Yeah. And we were trying to get his attention. I might have yelled Mike just to like grab him, but not to like you know. Right. And I, and like I said, at this point, Michael's like, well, it's whatever. You know, right. they're gonna fucking call me that. Whatever. And I, but, the, the the cool thing about our friendship, meaning you and I, is if I had done it repeatedly, I'm pretty sure you would have pulled me aside nicely and been like, hey, dude, that kind of annoys him. You know. Whatever, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, but that's see, that's my point is that people like I was I felt out of place because he and his buddies. It's not just a Michael story. Like this sure, has happened with sure. Joe. Joe's thrown parties in high school, and I didn't go to high school with Joe. Right. So like, there's a whole house full of people I don't know. Sure. Apart from the guy who's throwing the party, and then I'm that asshole who's just like, they all look at me like, who the fuck's this guy? 
Right. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm Joe's best friend. Joe has a best friend? Yeah, me. Oh, do you go to Berkeley High? No. Yeah. I just happen to know him right. through whatever. Right. So I, it, it's, it's such a weird feeling where you are the best friend, but you also do feel out of place of the bigger picture. Yeah. So I, I've been in situations, but I've also been like, like in cahoots, so to speak <laughs> with, with, with the awkwardness. Right. Right. Because I'll, I'll tell, so I'll tell Joe or I'll tell Mike, I'm like, who the fuck was that guy? What's this? You guys went to fucking Vegas. I'm just making up an example. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. And, and they'll be like, yeah, we went to Vegas like two years ago. I'm like, when the fuck were you going to tell me? Why didn't you invite me? What's when did you go to Vegas? Blah, blah, blah. Right. This never happened. I'm just making up an example. Sure. And there, and, and then you kind of are like, what the fuck? I'm your best friend. Why didn't you like, what, why? It's like, oh, well they, it was an impromptu thing and I didn't have time to really fucking invite you. And they invited me or blah, 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 blah. And then that moment you feel like, oh, well, fuck. Right. You had this adventure. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. Um, but not for nothing, Michael's always tried to include me on his adventures. So, yeah. so is Joe. Right. You know, but it's different because Joe now lives in L.A., so. Right. It's, it's, it's a little bit harder. It's the same, like, you know, like, if we if we lived closer together, you'd probably be invited to the, the, the game nights at Mark's, I would think. Right. You know, so, but you're not. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, what did you think of Heather Graham in the first film? I mean, in terms of her performance, it was fine. I had no problem with her performance at all. Like, I thought she did fine. But Do you know who originally was offered to? No. The role of Jade? No. Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> but she was convinced it was going to bomb. And then she was like, fuck, I totally should have done See, that's my thing, is that like a lot of people thought The Hangover was going to be a direct-to-DVD bomb. Oh yeah, no. I mean, it's 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 very clear that once you got to the second one, and the first one did as well as it did, you start getting like names. You know what I mean? Like, even if they yeah, are, we did like, get Mike Tyson in the first film and Heather Graham. Okay, Heather Graham, I'll give you, not Tyson. Well, ty- <laughs> the other thing is that Tyson, Tyson, uh, try like got sober after filming the first film because it made him realize that he was an addict because he was doing every every inch of him on screen is him high as fuck on cocaine hmm. behind the scenes so he realized he was making a movie about drug debauchery and trying to clean yourself up and it's called the hangover and he's like i'm not gonna do the fucking voice because he'll hunt my ass down and kill me but <laughs> uh, but, but that's one of the few impressions i'm like fuck no um, actually i hear he's got a pretty good sense of humor about it <laughs> Ah, uh, maybe, but he, he said, see, doing a Mike Tyson impression, you sound like you're making up a voice that doesn't exist, but it really is his voice. Yeah, I know. Um, he, he, um, he got clean and sober. Like, it, like, that's the thing is it made him want to be like, I don't want to do this no more. You know, well, that's good. I mean, that's a good thing. So that's, yeah. And then he, I don't know. He came back for, I mean, the fact that like. They made a movie with the, almost exactly the same as the first one, but they were like, fuck it, we're going to go to Thailand. They had to fly Mike Tyson to Thailand to do a fucking one scene. That's they, kind of astounding to me. Did they shoot that part in Thailand? Because you could have pulled that off anywhere. I mean, I'm 99% sure everything that was set in Thailand was filmed in Thailand. Okay. Well, I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong. Uh but uh, let's see. What else about the first film? But you were asking um, about Heather. Wait, Tiger? wait, wait. Back up, because you were asking about Heather Graham. Like, yeah. 
what what was you I felt like there was more to a point. No, no, no. It's just because Heather Graham is one of those actresses that I'm like, she was a big part of the late night, the mid to late nineties to the early two thousands. And then she just sort of disappeared. So I always kind of viewed the hangover as like her comeback that also didn't go anywhere. Hmm. I was just nice to see Heather Graham. I was just curious of what your thoughts were because she was the fucking. You know, oh, for was... sure. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I, I mean, it was. I always liked Heather Graham, so I don't have a problem. Like, like my biggest memory of her is in, um, because she's the biggest name in swingers at the time. At the time, sure. At, at the time, yeah. Now, now her or Vince Vaughn and Favreau have leapfrogged her by. Until you reminded me, I had completely forgotten she was in it. That's my point. Is that she's now so she's much so eclipsed. And, and they and they and they hit her too because she's not in the credits. She's not in the opening on purpose. Yeah, like she, they, yeah, they, she's a sort of a surprise, mm-hmm. glorified cameo. Yeah. But I mean, she was Austin Powers, Spy Who Shagged Me. She was From Hell. She was Boogie Nights. She was. I, I've seen her periodically in movies, but it's like I, I don't. She's she's not at the level of stardom that she was, and to the point where her career fucking like went downhill. Where she was like, I told you this last week or or so that she was like, her agent started offering her softcore porn. Yeah, because that's where she was at that point where she right. was like, I, no one wants me anymore. What the fuck? So I'm um, glad that she showed up in the Hangover movies and she fits the role. Yeah, um, she did fine. I, I, I thought she did did very well. And I, and I actually like so there are things I like in the third one. I like what I took her character. Mm-hmm. You know that she got completely out of that life she's got a you know a, a successful life now she's got a husband you know fa- you know another another doctor yeah me. which i would but i thought that was a funny joke you know what yeah. i mean i also thought it was a, a a funny running joke through the whole thing um of him is he actually a doctor i view dentistry as a doctor no it's i a do type too. Of doctor i do too it, you know. but i'm saying like that was a running joke to the whole thing he's like you're not a doctor you're a dentist you know what i mean right. like you know look if dr phil can call himself a fucking doctor then phil <laughs> i just fucking realized his name is no that's, no, that's still. bradley cooper it's dr Stu. Yeah. all right it doesn't work as well no it doesn't work as well but it would have been funny but, te- I get the point. but teacher phil also doesn't work either this motherfucker stole money from the students yeah so, which, by the way, like I watched one of those uh, everything wrong with. Did you ever watch those YouTube videos? No. So it's it's this guy who does everything wrong with, and then the movie that he's talking about, and he lists lot. It's, it's like you would probably fucking hate it, but it's kind of interesting because he does it in a comedic way where he dings off plot holes and things that don't make sense throughout the film, and and then he'll just add sins. Like he's like he's like how many sins did this movie make? Um, and he does one where he and I just happened to come across it on YouTube. Like it, it was one of those recommended. I'm like my phone is spying on me, shit. <laughs> like it heard that I was watching The Hangover. It's like oh you want to watch clips of The Hangover? No, what the fuck? How the hell? How the hell? How that been? Um, and there was a point where it said you know this whole field trip that Phil is taking his kids on to the planetarium. It does not cost eighty dollars a kid. No, it's he was like he was stealing free. money from his kids to go. No, to well, go to I, no, I, I don't know that it's a hundred percent free because there's a planetarium at the Franklin Institute, 
And if you want to see one of the actual shows, there was a cost. You can go right. to the, yeah, so. But but this guy, I think, did the research. It was actually like $5. Oh, no, he, he totally used his kids to pay for, for Vegas. Which makes me fucking be like, and the point was, is like, how fucking stupid are these parents? Were they just like $80 to go to this thing? Sure, no problem. Like, if, if I had a kid, my kid was like, I need I guess, money for yeah. a food trip. It's $80. I'm like, $80 for fucking what? Are you going to the moon? Like, I would do some research. So, like, I don't know. I just thought it was really fucking... It was an interesting plot point for them, for him to be like, are all these parents in, in L.A. just really this fucking naive? Anyways. No, I got you. I got you. Um, um, did you know that... Uh, Stu's tooth that was that's Ed Helms's like his his tooth never naturally grew his incisor oh uh, okay so they just he just pulled out the fucking fake tooth to gotcha. make those scenes okay all right um I I don't know I I found that that might be one of the parts about the first one I really didn't like I don't know why but I found that really unsettling the whole way to, you know, to just the, see. the missing tooth. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I don't have any explanation for it beyond it. Just do you get nervous about going to the dentist? No, no. Okay, I was just wondering if it was like maybe you have a, like a slight phobia or uncomfortableness of no, I, missing teeth and shit. I, yeah, I think I think it's that, but it has nothing to do with going to a dentist. Like I think it's well, just I that, don't know. You know, I don't know. Um. um I think it's funny. I, obviously, the joke is, what do you do to a dentist? You make him rip his own fucking tooth out as a, when he's fucked up. No, I get I get the joke, you <clears> know, <throat> but then seeing it consistently throughout the rest of the film was kind of unsettling for me, just because, mm. you know. I I also had a... The, the whole cop sequence, like, this guy that I'm telling you about, this guy who did this video, he actually, like, he went above and beyond and did, like, the math of the film, essentially, of, okay. like the timeline of where they're supposed to be at this point. And because they, because the characters are saying, Oh, we picked up your car at four 30 in the morning or five in the morning on the right. strip, just parked right. in the middle of the fucking, you know, strip. And I, I do like the fucking line with like found no meter. Here's three, here's four bucks. Like I thought that was a good joke. Um, and then the guy's like, and then they went off and passed out in the, like, he even attributes, like, the, the all the damage in the hotel room could not have fucking happened to the extent of, that they were ready to go home and pass out, they wouldn't have thrown, you know, shit everywhere, they wouldn't have fucking destroyed this hotel room, which never becomes a thing at the end of the film. Then there's never, like, a PS of Phil being like, hey, yeah, remember that like when we, they took my credit card, yeah, I owe the fucking casino and hotel eighty thousand dollars or whatever the fuck in damages. That was never a thing that they that they explained. Did you but, did you see who was supposed to play Alan besides Zach Galifianakis? Uh. Uh-uh. All right. I don't know if I like it. There's only one of these I think I actually like. So. Uh, Jack Black was actually offered the role and turned it down. I could kind of see it. And then other people considered but never offered were Jonah Hill. I think he'd be too young. Probably. Well, I mean, they could make the character younger, I guess. That works. Jake Gyllenhaal. No, not I know. All. And then this is the oddest one of all, Thomas Hayden Church. 
Sandman? Yeah. Fuck. That's... He would have played it straight. My Probably. opinion. Yeah, I, 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 I have to agree with you. As much as I may not like Zach, I, I think those would have been worse, with the exception of Jonah. I even would give it credit to Jack Black. I think uh, yeah, Jack, Jack would have almost Jack, almost the same performance. Pretty much. I, I still would have liked it. Louder. because I, Yeah, I, I don't know if I would have liked it because I'm not a Jack Black fan, but I would have, you know. The, 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 the Three Best Friends song would have been a little bit more melodic. That's for sure. Yeah. But that's... The three best friends! Like, that's how yeah, he would have right. fucking yeah, done yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um... um I don't know. I, I, I did. Look, like I liked I, I like I said, I like them trying to figure out what the hell happened in the first one. You know what I mean? I I, I like that whole retracing the, the steps like what the fuck happened? You know, what I, I mean? like I like those type of movies. Like that's one of my guilty pleasures is movies where it's like, what the fuck? Like a road trip type of movie. Like, right. Like I the the difference is that. You see what's happening in, say, Road Trip or Planes, Trains, and Automobiles uh, or even Due Date as it's happening. That's when the hijinks ensue. This is them having to do it. in Like, they know they did some shit and they have to kind of, as they're solving the shit that they already did, more shit's happening. So, I get, and, and it's based slightly on a true story. Really? Yeah. One of the, uh, I think it was one of the producers, he disappeared from his own bachelor party and then woke up in a strip club with a fucking bill that he was expected to pay. It was a big ass bill, too. Sure. So obviously they took inspiration and they embellished. Obviously, Mike Tyson wasn't there and there was no tiger and blah, blah, blah. But it's inspired. I mean, I would be willing to argue that, like, I've never had a hangover night. But I've definitely had nights where, like, I ne- I've never blacked out of of alcohol or drugs, but I I've certainly have experiences of stupid stories and stupid situations that happened because alcohol and drugs were involved. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, I've been in I've been in a fucking like a full on brawl outside of a bar, but we weren't even there at the bar to drink. Right. We were there picking somebody up to fucking hang out and drink and, and party. And they got involved in a fight on the inside that spilled outside. And we see the fight happening and we're like, oh, my God, those are that's our boy. What the fuck? And we ran out and now we're just involved in this fucking four way fight where the fucking guy that we were with was that idiot who took off his shirt ready to fight. And then just proceed to got his ass handed to him. And he was so happy. It was the stupidest fucking thing with this guy <laughs> we were with. It was his birthday. And he, like, we, after everything, like, we calmed down. We all left because the cops were coming. We fucking went back to Michael's place. And this dude was like, you, it was like you gave him a best birthday present, but like the per- birthday present was him getting the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> he was like, woo, we got, I got in a fight, man. I got, I was, you know, we we're kicking ass. And I'm like, you got your ass kicked, dude. What are you talking? He was like, I know, it was great. I'm like, this is how you want to celebrate your birthday. All right, I'll see you next year. I'll beat the fuck out of you. Yeah, I was going, shit, I should have just punched you when I got into to yeah. Oakland. <laughs> I was like, I could have done that. You didn't have to waste <laughs> gas and everything. Oh man. Uh, uh there's there's I mean a lot of my drunken stories have been more of like 
Like there was one, I think I've told you this. There was one time where I fucking Michael and I we were young, like 16 and we fucking got drunk and we went over to a nearby park nearby his house. And it, it was night, so there was no, like, nobody around. It was just us, like, being young and drunk and stupid, running around pretending we're kids and having a good time. And I got on one of those sea saw horse things with the springs. Yeah, so it was yeah, like yeah, a yeah. horse with a yeah. big-ass spring. And I'm sitting on it, and I'm kind of rocking back and forth. And then I got, like, I just kind of leaned all the way back, and it bent all the way back. Sure. And then I fell off. So I'm on my back, and because I was just straddling the things, my legs are spread, essentially. Oh, no. And, yeah. The spring rocked the horse forwards and backwards, forwards and backwards, about six times hard, because I'm a, I was heavy sure. even then, and I just bent this fucking thing and spring my, and it just hit my balls every single time, and it fucking hurt but no. i was really drunk <laughs> and then i like i remember like rolling over and just projectile vomiting from like the pain and the and everything so like <laughs> that's that was kind of the level of extent of my debauchery was like i had this one time i puked at a kid's play structure because i whacked myself in a balls repeatedly see now and then i yeah i i actually have one that took place at a bachelor party Oh yeah, yeah, but it was just me. Can you share it or? Uh, yeah, probably, probably. Well, I don't know, man. I went to a bachelor party, and then they were, and and my my brother and all their friends like, all right, what are you gonna tell your girlfriend? What are you gonna tell all your friends? What are you gonna tell anybody? You've never been to a bachelor party. I don't know what a bachelor party is. I have no recollection of what happened at said bachelor party. I went to re- I went to Tahoe, and I went to sleep, and I remember nothing. Like. Well- you know what? That's the point. That's that's the thing that bothers me about the movie itself. Getting back to the movies, then, because Stu having to lie to his girlfriend the entire time about where they were and all that because she's like an over controlling. She's a dragon bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't gonna do it, but sure. No, yeah. no, no, no. Look, I, I, I'm a fucking feminist, but she is fucking awful. Oh, she's really awful. Yeah. Like, yeah, she's she's easily, which is really unfortunate because that actress is actually really funny. Oh, yeah, no, gave, no, I've seen, They yeah. gave her this shrew fucking, yeah. well, you know, and, hateful. You know what, and that's actually the other thing I wanted to bring up. You, you mentioned Heather Graham, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, like, he even says before they leave Vegas, you know, maybe I'll come back next week and actually take you out to, like, dinner, you know. Yeah. I would not have been beyond the the realm for me if, the one he marries in two actually so much so that I actually thought that's who he was marrying in two and until I watched it again and went, Oh, I guess it's not right. You know, now I don't have any problem with it. Who he ended up marrying. She seems perfectly fine, but her father, on the other hand, Dick Wad and a half, but you know, you know, um, were you going to tell me your bachelor party story? Oh, um, sure. I can. I mean, it, I, I mean, I don't know because you, you once I said the whole like you hiding it from your girlfriend shit. Well, which, no, that by the just, way, that just made me. I didn't think hide about... anything from the bachelor party that I went to to my girlfriend. Right? I, no, so I, what I, happened? I got. I'm, I'm I had, not... There was a naked woman grinding on me. I felt uncomfortable. Okay. Um. I that that's a whole series of questions, but sure. Um. You know. Strippers. 
No, I know what you were talking about. The uncomfortable part is the the series of questions. I, I was uncomfortable because I was in a relationship. Oh, well. Okay. I, I was I was so monogamous that I was like, I don't. I've never I don't. Actually, I mean, yeah. I've never actually been when in, when in one, so I can't. I've only been three times in my life, and they were all for bachelor parties. So I thought you were about to say I've never been in one. I'm like, what a relationship! <laughs> no, those I've been in. I meant uh, the, the strip clubs. I've only been. Three I've times. never been to a strip club. This was at the house. Oh, they brought a stripper to they, the right. They brought well, either way strippers. Strippers with a bodyguard. It wasn't like have fun. It was just like, hey, be je- be fucking respectful. Right? No, 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 no. For sure. Fuck you up. No, for sure. No, I, I. So yeah, my my story. Um. No, I was, I was, we went to this, this strip club for a bachelor party. Um, and for those of you that are not familiar in Pennsylvania, cause that's where we were. If you're going to a strip club and there is full nudity, they are not allowed to serve alcohol. Okay. I've heard of laws like this. Yeah. But you're, but you are allowed to BYOB. So there's still alcohol present. They just can't serve think, it to you. I think Canada has like a there's weird several, type of there's law se- like this. Several states too. I think there's something similar like that in California actually, believe it or not. Um, I don't know. I've never been to one in California. Um, I don't know that because I think I heard about it and I was watching something and they were talking about it. But anyway, um, so we brought our own, you know, and we're sitting there and, and I'd never been before. And honestly, I never saw the point because it's like, all right, let's get yourself sexually frustrated and go home alone. <laughs> You know, like that with less money in your pocket too. I'm, I'm typically, with you. typically speaking, yes. It would um, be like going to the movie theater and just staring at the poster. Yeah. So, I, I I will fast forward to tell you that we went to the same strip club almost like eighteen months later for another bachelor party for the same per, for another person was in that same group that we went the first one time for. The second time we went, I purposefully did not bring my ATM card. Good. Because the first time I tapped Mac a few too many times. <laughs> oh dude, I, I dropped a decent amount of coin that night, the first night. Just I mean, I'm not gonna criticize you. I mean, like I, look, I'm of the opinion that guys are stupid and and especially when there's boobies involved, you know, it's it's hard well, okay, to Okay, so so let's give some context, right? So I'm, we're, we get there, and I'm in there, and I'm just, wa- we, you know, I grab a beer, and I'm I'm wondering what the fuck I'm doing there, except for the fact that I'm there for my buddy, because it's his bachelor party. But outside that, I'm wondering what the fuck I'm doing at this thing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because, again, I never saw the point. And I'm not even paying attention. I'm talking to, like, one of, one of the guys that's there. We're, we're just talking about whatever. And the, the context of the conversation is not important in any capacity. And I start to hear, and when we walked in, there was a girl on stage dancing to, and I don't remember, I'll say Nelly. It doesn't really matter, but like Hot in Here or something, because it was around that time that that was the song was popular. So sure. I'm like, okay, that th- this is what we're going to see all night. You know, fine. And then I'm talking to the guy, not paying attention to the stage at all. It's, a, it's, it's almost out of my peripheral. That's how much I'm not paying attention to what's going on. And I start hearing Pantera walk. And I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, well, at least, and I remember, I remember having this thought, well, at least they'll play some cool music in between the dancers, <laughs> you know. Um, okay. I finished my thought, and I happened to just turn toward the stage, and there's a girl on stage dancing to Pantera. Okay. And I'm like, oh, 
<laughs> and as a potential, as we get drunker as the night went on, yeah, uh, she got a lot of my time and money. Because was was she doing the the was she doing the game? Was she like you know hi, you're really cute? Like was she doing that? You shit? know what? No, she. Would, I mean, I'm sure to some degree, but she it wasn't <laughs> like stereotypical. You know what I mean? Like she was super. I remember, I remember walking up to her to give her the first dollar that I gave her, or whatever it was, and said, "You know, anyone that can do what you just did to Pantera deserves my money." And I was sober, <laughs> but I was just like, <laughs> "I'm glad that." <laughs> I'm glad that tickled you as much as it did. That is some, that was probably one of the funniest things you've ever said. Because you meant that shit. You oh, were genuine. Like, I, you, yeah. made, you made stripping the Pantera fucking art. You deserve my money. Like, <laughs> okay. Sidebar. When, so, at, <laughs> at the bachelor party that I was at, we were in fucking Tahoe. It was at a big ass fucking house. And I'm not going to specify which brother. They know who they are. <laughs> it, and, and all their friends were there. So, high school friends, college friends. And these are guys that like grew up watching me grow up. Sure. And I looked up to a lot of them. Sure. And so it was a varying, because like, this is like the first time that I'm like, they never hid anything from me growing up because they're also 10 years older. So like I've right. seen them drunk. And I also years now realize a lot of them were on like hallucinogens and pot and shit, you know, there's, yeah. but yeah, like yeah. they included me. They, I wasn't, a best friend. I wasn't a friend, but they were like, yeah, they, they were not like, dude, I don't want your little brother hanging with us. They're like, right. fuck yeah, let's get Rico to hang with us. It'll make us laugh. Right. Right. So especially at the land. So they brought these, you know, they, they called up and the strippers came and you know, things happened and nothing so lewd. They mostly did shit to each other. And, and I, you know, at one point I got involved. I had to do some stuff because it was a game and everything, but I was, I felt really uncomfortable. Um, but I was also drunk, so I was having fun. It was a weird feeling. Sure. And at one point, one of the guys got me a private dance. And I, and this is what I was like, I'm not like, I, I don't feel comfortable. I have a girlfriend. I'm in a committed thing. I was also, I think, I think I was 19. I wasn't 20. So, so I wasn't even so, old enough so to your drink. So your brothers got married late then? Well, one of them did. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, just well, doing the math, doing the math. If you were 19, that puts him around 29. So, right, right, yeah. right. Well, they're, 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 um, 40 now. Okay. So well, I'm not, it makes yeah. about, um, so wasn't I judging was, as much as just pointing out a thing. Yeah. I mean, I think 29 to 30 is pr probably pretty average for some people to get married. Nah, it's usually my like mom, 20. my mom got, my mom had me. When she was thirty, so yeah, I know, but Matt, well, that's that's more typical than having kids around that age. But like, like most of the people I know got married between twenty three and twenty seven. Some younger, some later, but for the most part, that's the window. So yeah, yeah. So I had this fucking stripper in my lap, and she was full on naked, and I was, and I didn't, I didn't put my hands on her. I, I even if she was like, you can touch me, I was like, nah, I'm, I'm good. Right. Uh, but she, I had my fedora. And she took the fedora off and wore it. And I remember for a split second, I'm like, 
I I was it was reminiscent of what you just said. I was like, all right, I wasn't comfortable with this, but any woman who looks this sexy who wears a fedora, like, I'll, I'll give you my money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, y- you get to that point, you know, and like, she put the sin in Sinatra, is what I'm saying. Like, here, here's the thing, right? You asked if she was working the game, and this is why I, I don't know for sure, right? Because so they would dance and they would come off stage, and instead of just being backstage until they came out again, they would come down and walk around the floor. And mm-hmm. and not necessarily do lap dances because there weren't a ton of places to sit down. So it was a lot of just like talking and, you know, I'm sure smoozing and trying to get private dances because they had a room for that and all that kind of thing. But like at one point she said she must have sat and talked to me. And I say sat because we were standing, but we were she must have stayed and talked to me for like 30, 40 minutes. And all of the conversation was about music. And different bands that we liked. Like, because when I said to her what I said about Pantera that got you laughing so hard, she turned to me immediately and went, oh, thank God you knew who that was. Most people think it's Metallica or a Corn or something. Like, mm-hmm. they didn't even know that it was Pantera. You know what I mean? Right. So the fact that I knew who it was, like, that seemed to impress her. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I'm not saying impress her like she was into me, but, like, at least she was like, oh, my God, at least somebody's not an idiot. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? So, and... Like, and, oh, a fellow fucking music lover. And or she's just, a like, metal head. Well, yeah, I guess, but, I mean, like, we... I... the I'm getting my stories merged because the first time I saw her, I didn't have a lot of money, and I didn't bring the card. It was the other way around. Oh, uh, okay. So she got money from me the first night. No doubt. But I came with a fixed set of money, like, say, like, $100. You learned your lesson. Like, I don't care if she talks to me about Metallica. I'm, no, I'm she's saying. She's getting I'm not, no, $30. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. You're missing is I got it reversed. Like, the, the, the mm. first night, she didn't get a lot out of me because I only had so much. Oh, so it was like, hey, I hope she's there. We could talk music because I really like her. Right. And the second time we went back, she was still there. And this time she was dancing. It was corn, actually. You know? Mm-hmm. And she she got a lot more of my money that night than she did the first time. But so you know. she so in, in retrospect she she worked you the first time and then reeled your ass in the second time. Right, but you also got to remember it was like eighteen months, if not longer, in between. Yeah. Like, yeah, she didn't know she was playing the long game, but she won. <laughs> yeah, no, she definitely won. But uh, but anyway, the point the point of this story is that after that, after we left the first night. We get back in the limousine because the the got the best man had rented a limousine for us to to do this in. So we we get the limousine. We go back to um, the one guy's house where I'm getting picked up by another friend to stay with him because I flew in from Phoenix for this. I was living in Phoenix at the time. Where and, was this? Pennsylvania. Well, the guy who was getting married lived in New Jersey. We went okay. over to Philly for the bachelor party. It's so funny how the like how all that changed, huh? What do you mean? Well, I mean, you were you're living in Jersey now, so I'm just, I I just, it's just it. weird how like the main points of your life have been either Nevada, Arizona, or Philly, or or Jersey. Sure. Oh yeah, no doubt. But I you've mean, always gone back and forth. It's like yeah. even for I just find it interesting. I here's the irony that I lived in Phoenix for one year. You know this because we've talked about mm-hmm. that. I lived it, and and for the audience, I'll share. I lived there from May of 2004 until May of 2005. That's mm-hmm. the year that I was there. In that year, I flew back for four weddings to, to Philly and Jersey. Yep. 
That's funny. One, um, of them, one of them was impromptu. But anyway, let me finish the story because I haven't yeah, gotten yeah. to the – So I get back to the house, and we're kind of just standing around. I'm waiting for my other buddy to pick me up because that's who I was staying with, and I didn't have a vehicle out here. And thank God because as fucked up as I was, I shouldn't have been drinking or driving. Um, right. Anyway, and I start to not feel so good. And I'm like, I don't feel so good, guys. And they're like, all right. And they, they grab like a, not even a lawn chair, but it's like those plastic outdoor chairs that you would have like yeah. around a table. And they put me out in the, they put it out in the street because he lives on a dead end street and at the end of the dead end street. So like where wow. they put me, there was no chance a car was going to come and and hit me. And they mm-hmm. put me in the street and I'm just sitting there <laughs> and I'm not feeling good. And I'm getting really tired really fast. And I'm like, the ground looks really comfortable right now. And I just fall forward out of that chair. I didn't even put my hands down to brace myself. I literally went down just face first into the middle of the street. And I slice and I slice up the side of my face like pretty bad. Now, keep in mind. I'm in this wedding that I'm back for. <laughs> Fuck. So I'm going to have to be in pictures. Yeah. His, his wife saw me the next morning and was like, if that's not cleared up by Sunday or whatever day it was, I'm going to kill you. How the f- You like skid marked yourself. Oh, I, I like, fucking had road burn. Like, uh, yeah. It, thank, thank God my mom's a nurse. Yeah. So she knew all these like little tricks and shit, and by Sunday it was, it was all. If if it wasn't completely gone, it was so in unnoticeable that it didn't matter, you know. Well, your your mom was out nearby, so you probably did you like drive over and see her and been like, oh no, I I stayed with my mom for the most of the time I was home. Oh, I just, okay. just I stayed with my buddy the night of the bachelor party because of gotcha. It was going to be some ungodly hour when we got back, you know. So. Um, well, I, at this bachelor party at my brother's, I witnessed you know someone gotten, kind of going through their own hangover thing. We've gotten way off these fucking movies. Uh, no, yeah. it's kind of relevant. It's fucking, you know, bachelor parties and what happens and blah, blah, blah. And sure. the only difference is that we're like revealing shit. I've told um, these stories a hundred times. I'm not telling anything I haven't told before. <laughs> well, I mean, so I witnessed one of those high school buddies of my brother's that like was there I witnessed him not at all know I was he was he was honestly like one of those moments where you're like I'm concerned like I'm not gonna it's like it's, I was concerned to the point I I don't want to feel say his name on on this in the story sure and it's but it's kind of fucking funny because he didn't realize I was there Oops. until he finally sewed up the day we were all leaving. He's like, hey, Rico. I'm like, what's up, dude? He's just like, when did you get here? I'm like, I've been here, fool. Like, that's how kind of borderline blackout drunk he was. And he kept wow. doing it throughout the day. Like, he, wow. he was just riding a drunken drunkenness throughout the three days we were there. See, there, like, there's, a, there's a difference. Because the first time I went to Vegas was not to meet the family. I had no, I, I had no idea they were there when I right. went. I was there for my buddy's 21st birthday. And I was not, I was, I did get blackout drunk the one night, but as a whole, I, I didn't, I didn't, I stayed at a state of perpetual buzz basically the entire five days I was there. 
I mean, that's that's a good time. That's where you're like, I'm having fun. I'm not, I, you know, I'm enjoying I literally, myself. I'm like, not too sick. Like with breakfast, I had mimosas or Bloody Marys. Right. With well, lunch, that's what this guy was doing, but he was doing three of them. With lunch, I had beers, and with dinner, yeah. it was out. It was alcohol, you know, and that was right. that was how I lived for five days. Well, but the difference is, this guy was not doing it well, and right. at one point, when the, when the strippers were there, he had I, I don't know if it was the same stripper I had because there was two, but he was so out of it, he didn't realize that he was touching her. Mm. And she, you know, she stopped him and she said, stop it. You do not put your hands on me. And he wasn't like being aggressive. He just wasn't aware of the situation. Right. And this is how I describe how stupid men can be. He clearly doesn't know where the fuck he is. He's, you know, he's drunk and he, he knows he's having a good time and he's got, you know, a woman in his lap naked. And I think he just was. You know, he was going through different fucking realities. He was going through different dimensions. You know, it was like fucking Doctor Strange was fucking with him and shit. <laughs> and and he he you know he touches her and she says stop. And you know she wasn't like she needed to get the bouncer to fucking intervene because the bouncer was like she's got it. She knows she can take care of herself. I'm only here if she if it if gets it, to the escalation. To, right, right. And she. You know, he did again. And she said, if you touch me again, I'm going to slap you. I'm giving you a warning. And he was like, okay, man, whatever, man. And like, you know, she's still grinding. At this point, if I was a stripper, I would have gotten the fuck up and walked away. Like, yeah, this dude's way too far gone. Um, But I think there's that little tactic of like, I, I've heard of some strippers being like, they kind of go for the really drunk ones because then they, the person's so drunk, they don't realize that they're giving away a 50. Yeah, that They think rem- they're giving away a five. That remind me that caveat that first night story when you're done okay so she warns him he touches her again and then she just you know says okay i told you and then she slaps him in the face now this is when like all all of the guys all of these dudes this dude's friends were just like yeah hit him again like that's where like <laughs> and i'm sitting four feet away and i'm watching this because i'm like i'm really concerned for this guy and she gets egged on to keep slapping him so she just starts having fun and smacks the fuck out of him repeatedly and this dude is just like whoa boom oh no hey whoa what's going on like i don't play that way like he doesn't understand that he's getting the shit slapped out of him right so that was that was a fucking experience to just kind of witness that but then they were ready to leave. And the other stripper, I remember they were like, they were literally getting ready to leave. They were still fucking naked, but they were like, okay, so we're going to leave unless you guys pay us more money. Right. And at that point, everyone's like, it was like a house full of fucking frat dudes. They're like, we don't have no money. Um, <laughs> but I'm sitting and I'm talking to someone. I'm talking to one of the guys and I could see one of the stripper keeps is like across the house, but she's in the kitchen. It was one of those big open houses. Um, and she keeps looking in my direction. I'm, and I'm now aware. I'm like, why the fuck is she looking at me? And I'm telling the person, I'm talking to the person and I'm like, is she fucking looking at me? Like what? She looks pissed. She looks like she's looking right at me. And all of a sudden she marches over to me 
and takes my glasses in one swell motion. She runs over to me, takes off my glasses, throws them, and then takes her tits and smacks me in the face repeatedly with them. And then just like walked away. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? It wasn't, it wasn't prompted. I didn't expect it, but what happened? Because I went over to the person she was talking to and I'm like, I'm not going to say his name, but I was like, what the fuck was that? What was, what was that? And the way he said it was, dude, she was like, like she was, um, she was like, she thought you were cute. And I'm like, I don't, okay. Yeah, really? It's like, she was staying there. She was like, I've given everybody a lap dance to this fucking house. I never, who's that guy? And I'm like, oh, that's fucking Rico. He's a little brother. You know, that's Rico. She's like, oh my God, he's so cute. I just, <laughs> I just want to go over and like do something. And, 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 and the guy was like, I don't have any money, money. Like, I don't I have no more money to give you. And she's like, oh, fuck it, whatever. I'm just going to do it. And so that's what he told me. I don't know if that's true. Eh, but that's pretty, that's pretty fucking funny. But I also, at that point, was so uncomfortable seeing naked women. Because I'm like, you're not my girlfriend. I don't want to do this. Because I, I'm so into monogamy where I'm like, I, I don't view monogamy as a type of wood. Like, I know what monogamy is. That is a terrible joke. It's that a funny-ass joke. That Fuck was you. god-awful. No, you're smiling. Fuck you. Because of how dumb it was. No, I've used that joke. People find it funny. You're just an asshole. Are, 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 they, are, they, are they sick? Yes, they're a bunch of Allens, CJ. Okay. Um. Anyway. All right, so there was a caveat. Oh, God, yeah. How well do you know the song Walk by Pantera? Like, how well do you know it? Not at all. Okay. So the chorus for it is respect, walk, what do you say? And then they repeat it again, right? So, but there's those, 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 those hits respect, walk, right? And then go on and go on. There's a group, she, the same girl I was talking about is out much later in the night dancing to that again. The shape of the stage, ironically, is kind of phallic because it, it, it's a, it goes up against a wall, comes out, and rounds off at the end and, and goes back, right? Mm-hmm. There's a group of like 10 of us. No one I know. No one from my group at this point. These are just random dudes that are out at the strip club to do whatever we're all sitting in chairs at the end of this stage and on the respect and the walk there are balls of money just flying at the stage on every one of those hits for the entire song i must have spent like 10 bucks in that song alone (laughs) it is kind of funny like of that chorus like respect walk you're throwing money at a stripper like we respect you now walk over here <laughs> that's not quite what it is but yeah so right um but anyway, right, you know so what that had there's this movie that we will <laughs> trilogy no less um yeah. going to the second film because we talked about the first film at uh, Ignacio, and i think we've kind of covered the third film enough at this point okay but i think the second film is is like I, it's 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 fine. It's just sort of a dirtier version of the first one, which is fucking amazing to me because I'm like the first one's really kind of dirty. It's it's like, it's like if the fir- if all three films had smells associated with them, I would imagine <laughs> Vegas would be like smoke and the first one would be smoke and chlorine. You know, okay. like 
and, and then like the second one would just be like, ugh, that's just shit. <laughs> just, uh. It's just, ugh. And the third one's kind of like, all right, well, we're back in Vegas again. So it's like smoke and dirt and, and and I don't know, but like the second one, just like it, it makes me like looking at it. I could just smell the film. It's just like, oh, and it, it's just <laughs> like, there's so much dirtiness of it. And I'm not being, it's not like the trans, you know, the, the transvestite situation. It's yeah, not that because I'm like, yeah, I expected that coming, but it's the, it's the drugginess. It's the dirtiness. It's the. They they take the the first premise and they elevate it. Like it shows the kid, you know, he chops off his own fucking finger. Well, that's in the in the post. It's in the right, credit but, picture. But still, so, yeah. I, what what I liked about the second one, there's a so what I liked about the first off, I'll tell you, I I unlike one and three, I laughed out loud at a couple parts to two. Um, the one that run the one that that sticks out to me the most is actually towards the end when uh, they're on the speedboat and um, <laughs> Alan just doesn't stop the thing and just runs it ashore like completely. Uh, and like, see, here's the other thing. Like, I, I, I wish you said Doug was like a MacGuffin and especially in one and three, you know, and I don't disagree with you, but I wish, I wish there had been some more of him. Cause first I like that actor. Like, you know, Justin Bartha, I think, I it think that's what it is. Yeah, hold on. I'll, I'll the National Treasure dude, yeah. Yeah, Riley Poole. You know, and like, I think he does a great job as Riley in those films. So I think that's what I like about him. You know what I mean? So I wish there was a little more of that guy in the films, to be honest with you. Um, Essentially, he plays the Alan role in Gigli, by the way. I've seen Gigli once, but I don't remember it. He plays the mentally impaired fucking dude throughout the mm. film. Um, but like when he's standing there with the, the father and his wife and they can tell the votes not going to, he's like, I think we need to move now. <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah. those, you know, that those lines and stuff were, were pretty funny to me. But, um, you know, again, when, when Bradley Cooper has to call, uh, why, why he calls, um, what's his face wife. I don't fully fucking understand in the second one. That's the one I didn't get. I got it. In the first one, it made sense to me. In the second well, one, except for the, I, just to have the same joke, didn't make any sense to me. Well, I think at that point, is one, he's not going to call his own wife, which the fact that he has a wife and a kid is one of the more, like like we were talking about him as a teacher, like he, he, he doesn't seem like a school teacher with a wife and a kid. Like he seems like he's so dysfunctional as a human being, but he's like there to have a good time. You know, right, like he never right. really brings up the fact that he's like married with children apart. I mean, we see his kids. Yeah. But it, it just seems you like see his stretch. wife. Just, I think he's not going to call his own wife. He's not going to call the new uh, bride to be or the new wife to be. Well, why not? So he's he going to call, he's he gonna call someone who's like has experience with this shit before. Right. But why wouldn't he call the new bride to be? He did it with Doug. When it happens in the first one, he calls the bride to be calls the bride, and he's like, "Uh, we're gonna stay another day." Because again, who else was he supposed to call? I mean, he should have called Jeffrey Tambor of anybody. Yeah, which, by the way, I know there were small roles, but he was fucking awesome in in this. Uh yeah, I I felt like he was fine in the films. I don't. I've heard too much about Jeffrey Tambor behind the scenes, but not in this context. Mm. 
He's he's he kind of got me tooed. But oh, like, did he I, really? I, he I didn't also, catch that. Yeah, he got. Uh, I mean, I think they canceled the show Transparent because he was like. Oh, was that him? I know, I thought it was somebody else, but you might be right. No, that yeah, that's Jeffrey Tabor. Okay. No, I know uh, he was in it, but I thought it was someone else from the show. Is what I mean. Like. Yeah. No, no, I, I'm yeah, I'm 99 sure it was him. I think he said he 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 did more than just a couple comments. Let's put it that way. Mm, okay. Well. Um. That being said, yeah, I thought it was funny. It was absolutely believable that he was the father of Galifianakis. Oh, yeah. If he was unavailable, I ironically enough, I could see John Goodman playing the father. Yeah, I could have seen that. Yeah, I'm do you, with you there. Do you know who they, uh, if John Goodman was unavailable, do you know who they wanted to play Marshall? No. RDJ. Okay. I, I could totally see it. Yeah, man. yeah. I had to think for a second, but yeah, I could see it. I could see RDJ. I, I, the, the line, like, I liked... John Goodman's like menacing delivery and his sort of like his nonchalantness of delivering lines where he's like, I'm killing Doug's this week. Yes. Can you imagine Downey saying that? Yep. Like that long drawled out way of Downey speaking. Uh, Did you see who it was besides RDJ? uh, uh, It was like Brad Pitt or something. Sean Penn. I could also see that. I don't think Sean Penn would have been funny no no he would have taken that menace to a whole new level right whereas goodman can be menacing but also really fucking funny say with uh downey um which brings me i i I'm, I'm not gonna lie man i'm a little disappointed you didn't get to see you didn't watch due date like i know you're you're exhausted i know you did you watch these three films you get all the credit but like i think due date's one of those movies where i'm like i thought you would have Wanted to see it just because it's Downey, um, but it's it's I find it funny. Like Steph gives me shit for liking this movie, but it, it's it's the like I think we are all Robert Downey Jr.'s character if we had to sit with Zach Galifianakis's character. Yeah. In because the premise is that he's on a business trip and his wife, played by Michelle Monaghan, is about to have their first child, so he's trying to fly from wherever the fuck he is in Atlanta or wherever. Oh, wait a uh, minute. I think I have seen this. I've seen parts of this. Okay. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, Downey's funny, but he, in comparison, he's the straight guy. Like he, he's the, he's definitely the straight guy, but he also is, he, he has a lot of great sarcastic lines throughout the film. Like the first introduction of the two characters is they are they bump into each other at the airport because he's in his car and he opens his door to get out of the to go out of the car and Zach Galifianakis's character's friend who's dropping him off at the airport slams and knocks off the door and so they kind of go out and look at the, and assess the damages while the drivers argue and he says and Galifianakis says well you know my daddy always says it's all uphill from here he's like um that's actually incorrect. Like, no, no, no. See, my daddy said that. I'm like, yeah, I know he said that, but I'm telling you that it's all downhill. Like, it's easier to go downhill once you're uphill. So the your dad didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. And and Galifianakis is just doesn't un, he's like, yeah, but my daddy said this, and he's also like he he said everybody wants to be uphill. I'm like, yeah, but your dad doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. And then you find out that 
Galifianakis's character's dad died. That's why he was in where he was. And he's carrying around a can of ashes, a coffee can of ashes. And hijinks ensue where they uh, they can't get on the flight. And and so now Downey's on the no-fly list. And so reluctantly, he goes driving across country with Galifianakis, who has his little dog, a little French, uh, a little Frenchie. And, wow. you know, it's it's plain strains and automobiles meets the hangover. It's it's one of those situational comedies, road trip comedies. Um oh, and he's and he's desperately trying to get to LA to see, you know, his kid, you know, who's about to be born. And he lives life very structured. You know, it's very, you know, it's a planned C section, it's blah blah blah, you know, that type of thing. Nice. And and there's a portion that's really fucking funny where uh, they get into a car accident because Ethan falls asleep at the wheel. And so Downey's all beat the fuck up with a broken arm and everything. And he has his friend pick him up. And his friend is played by Jamie Foxx. And he sits them down at their house and they're, you know, they're having conversation and they're drinking coffee. And Downey sips the coffee. He's like, this is fucking horrendous. What is this? He's like, well, I ran out of my coffee. So I, I just put in the coffee that you guys brought. So he, they're drinking the dude's father's ashes and Galifianakis spits out and starts choking from the father coffee. And in order to clear his throat, he takes another sip. Of the oh, jeez! And they, and then they, you know, they have this like conversation later. He's like, you know, at least he, you know, he he spent years enjoying coffee, and then in the end, he was enjoyed as coffee. At least he went down pretty good. And and Downey's like, oh. yeah, not bad, robust, bold, flavor, flavorful. You know, <laughs> it, it's it's a funny movie. I think you I think you should watch it. Um, I'm looking at some stuff from the first one, but it's it, it's relative to all three of them anyway. Do you, you want to hear some? And you might have seen some of these, but do you want to hear some people that were considered for some of these roles? Sure, sure. I'm real. I find I find, I on oh, all the movies that we do, I find some of these things intriguing, but especially on comedies because you have to have the right chops. timing. And, yeah, 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 you yeah, know? yeah. Um, so like Paul Rudd actually turned down the role of Phil. Of Phil? Yeah. He could have done that. I think he'd be better you know, it's, Stu. It, it's really he... funny because, like, he's kind of like if you took Bradley Cooper and did it took away the muscles. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, like, they could, be, they could be brothers. I could see it. Oh, yeah. I think he could also have done Stu, personally. He definitely could have done Stu. He could have yeah. done Stu in his fucking sleep. Um, apparently... Giggity. Yeah, uh, other people that were considered for the role but didn't, I don't know, they were actually offered the role. Um, one of these I don't agree with at all. Um, but Josh Lucas was one. Okay. Uh, Vince Vaughn, he could have uh, done Phil. It, he could have done Phil. He could have done Phil. I also, you know, bear with me. Yeah. He could have done Alan. Because I'm seeing a lot of random Vince Vaughn movies where he went full on drama and like against his ah oh, yeah your money baby your money, you like I'm seeing movies randomly early and mid in his career where he wasn't doing the frat guy shit. But how would that and be, Alan? Alan's... I'm saying because Alan is such a weird character. I'm saying I could almost imagine Vince Vaughn being like, I want to be the weirdo. Oh okay, well yeah, yeah I could see that. Um, Josh Hartnett. 
I could see Josh Hartnett as either Phil or, or Doug. Doug. Yeah, I saw. I think he's more of a Doug than a than a Phil personally. Um, the funny thing is that he he is Slevin in Lucky Number Slevin, and mm. it's sort of identical in the sense that a lot of like he's just thrust into craziness and he has to deal with it. The difference uh, is it's more mobsters, right? Um, and then Ethan Embry. I don't know enough about Ethan Embry to fucking have an opinion of it. I, I do, and I think he'd be better at... Honestly, he would have been better as Alan, honestly. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, for for Stu, a couple people that were considered, but I don't know if they were ever offered, it does not say. Uh, Meyer. Oh, for sure. For sure, yeah. I agree with you there. Will Farrell. He could have done it. I would have hated it, but he could have done it. Mm. Stu, yes. He's definitely not a Phil. He's he's either an Allen or, or he's a, a Stu. Or he's a Stu. Yeah. yeah, agreed. And then Seth Rogen. And I as don't see him as Stu? Yeah, I don't see him as Stu. I see him as Allen. That's another Allen for sure. That's another Allen role for sure. Um I'm trying to see if the Oh, and uh Jeremy Piven turned down the role of Stu. Um, I could, I actually can see Jeremy Piven in the Hangover franchise. Yeah, I could have seen that. For honestly, for any of the three leads, I, I, I actually have a lot of, I've seen Piven act, act and I yeah, think he could have played all three roles really naturally. I don't see him as Phil. I'll give you, I'll give you Stu, Doug, or, or Alan, but Phil is very reminiscent of. Like like Ari Gold from Entourage is Phil, but explosive. Mm, okay. Like Ari Gold is, in the same sense, he's deceitful. He's good looking. He's in a lot of shape. He he is um, and he's very witty. He's very quick with his his wit. Whereas something that's that's what Phil does. Phil has that type of level of wit so to speak, where he has to think on his feet because he's an educator. He's a, he's a, dis, dis, uh, he's a, uh, dis, uh, despicable fucking educator, sure. but he's an educator. You sure. have to be smart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I do think Piven could have gone all three roles. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I think that's, that's it. Um, in terms of uh, other, uh, potential actors that I'm seeing, at least for the first one. Um, trying to think of like if I remember reading anything about the third one. I don't know. Oh, this I... one. This one's interesting. Hold on, you'll you'll appreciate this. I meant to bring this up earlier. Mel Gibson was supposed to be the tattoo artist in yes. the, in in Thailand in Bangkok, and he was furious as fuck that they turned him down. Like it was, he was approved, and then I guess some actors or crew members voiced their opinion about it and then they had no choice but to say all right Mel, sorry you're out and he was really fucking furious um because he was like because he actually compared he's like mike tyson went to fucking jail for rape but he gets a pass it was older i mean i guess that's the only real like i'm not saying that's necessarily okay but that's like that's the thing i can think of you know but well that's what mel said and then they wanted to hire it was he was replaced with Liam Neeson. Hmm. But then Liam Neeson couldn't do it due to scheduling or whatever. Or no, he did he did come and film the scene, but then they had to do reshoots and he was unavailable at that time. Ah. So, so then they got um 
Casavetes. Okay. Who is in his own way a filmmaker, and he's from the Casavetes uh, film family, and you don't ever really see him as an actor. Ironically, the only other thing I've seen him in was him playing himself in Entourage. Ironically enough, um, I would have loved to have seen Mel Gibson or fucking Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson would have, for uh, sure, for sure. Let, I, I let can me, totally see it. I also want to talk. Let's talk about something that I've been. I actually wanted to get to, and I, I forgot about it because we got on such a tangent earlier. But I did want to get your your thoughts on something, and it, it does center back around on Alan. But we're not going to be discussing necessarily like. The mental, you know, his mental capacity or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. I got the impression, and maybe, maybe I just misunderstood, and I'm willing to admit that, Rico. Like, I'm not gonna like, I'm right about this one. I'm, I very well could be wrong, but it seemed to me by the end of the first one, and when I say the end, I mean when they're when they're finally at the wedding, they're finally at the reception for for uh, for Doug. Like, you know, that part's all done already. Mm-hmm. That Stu and Alan, I'm not saying they were best friends or anything, but they 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 got along. I thought they were like friendly. Honestly, it it felt that way. And then you get to this third, the second one, and it's like that never fucking happened. I yeah, I I'm, I agree with what you're saying. Let me let me put it this way: Alan has a crush on Phil. Oh no doubt, yeah. And he views Doug as a brother because he's a brother-in-law. Sure. He, in my opinion, he views Stu as Stu says a lot of mean shit, deservingly so. Sure. To Alan. Right, but before I'm sorry, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but before because I I feel like you're not understanding where I'm trying to go with. No, this. no, no, I'm I'm with you. They have this connection, and by the end of the first film, they are buddy buddy. They're right. actually buddies. But I'm more concerned not so much about Alan's take on Stu as I am as Stu's take on Alan. I think I think I think Stu is that type of person where especially in front of other people, he's going to be polite. He's going to be friendly. But it's didn't stop more him from having an argument with his fucking girlfriend, Melissa. Right. And it seemed more than that. It felt more than just being friendly for the sake of being in public and around a group of people. Like it felt to me legit again, not that they were best friends, but it's like, all right, I, I, I look past all the crazy shit that happened and I get it and like it's done, it's over, let's all be cool. You know what I mean? Like I took it that way. I would agree. L- let me let me fuel your your theory, okay? Your 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 feelings. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. His his resentment that he feels in the second film, while justified, of like I don't want him to come to my fucking wedding, would have made more sense for the third film, where he's like, I want nothing to do with Alan because this is the second time. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. The other argument I have is that it could be possible that Phil in the heat of the moment, wasn't really processing, like, you know, Phil went home that night and thought about all the bullshit. Like, he reflected. Wait, Phil or Stu? We're talking about Stu. Stu, I'm sorry, Stu. I'm sorry, okay, yeah. Uh, Stu went home and reflected on all the crazy hijinks of the first film. And I think he was like, you know what? Fuck that guy. I mean, yeah, that's possible. Yeah. I mean, that's possible, but it, it, it here's the problem. You say this to me all the time. You hate that between sequels you have to extrapolate shit. Like, you you, you tell me that all the time. Like, yes. 
And and so that's one of those like you have to extrapolate. You know, okay, he went home and had this like moment of like, oh wait a minute, fuck that guy. You know, I, I I'm of the opinion that it would have felt more natural for the third film, but I also didn't think it was so outside of the character's personality where him to fucking be like, yeah, dude, I, I was nice to Alan because fucking whatever, but now I don't really like, I think, I think it would make sense for him to be like, I don't want Alan at my wedding. Like the fuck. No, I'm not saying it didn't make sense, but it it seemed, it did still feel a little out of left field just because of the way the second or the first one ends. Like, you know what I mean? I, I, I see I see your argument. I'll I think you should also see mine. It's I know I, 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 I'm not saying I don't. I'm just saying it, it seems a little out of place. That's all. You know what I mean? Um I I was more of the opinion that in terms of the second film, the the inclusion of of Teddy, the young the younger brother I felt like I actually I like know. that because I liked I liked that that kid who had been controlled his entire life finally got it by the end of it was like nope I get my life I, now. No, I agree with that. And and ultimately he's not going to be a fucking surgeon or a fucking cello player ever again because he well, cut off his own fucking finger. Actually the cello he could have done because it, the the finger he cut off was was on the bow hand. Oh uh, okay. So he could have potentially but you're right he's probably not going to be a surgeon. That's for sure. Right. Um my my thing was, it made Alan see. This is what I'm saying: that the second film was darker. And oh, it's definitely darker. Yeah, yeah. I I'm not arguing that. In the first film, they they get drugged accidentally. Well, they get accidentally. I mean, he, drugged. he drugs them, but he was accidental that it was fucking Rufalin. And it, it, he accidentally drugged. Technically, they're accidentally drugged in the second one too. But. That it came more of a maliciousness. He wanted oh, yeah. to drug yes. Teddy because so he, he could viewed hang Teddy out. as a threat. Yes. No. I, I. I don't. I agree with you there. It was definitely more malicious. And and there's that line I, that kind of gets glossed over, where it's like, of course, I I had everybody you know under control. You know, you I I measured out the dosage. You you know you you can only have three. Uh, Marshmallows. Um, marshmallows before it becomes fatal. And fucking Stu is like, wait, that's why I'm alive? Is because I didn't have four marshmallows? What the fuck logic is that? It's like, nobody has more than three marshmallows. It's like, okay, but it's like he, they're, they, this was a situation where, like, yeah, they could have overdosed from the first film. Not to mention, throughout the film and the photos, it shows them doing a lot of cocaine. Which is the only reason they were able to fucking continue throughout the night. Yeah. Um, but like by the, in the second film, like it w- it was such a fucking mean. Th- like that's one thing I was I missed was that I wished Alan had some regret with with Teddy being like I wanted to you know I felt threatened. Yeah, like, that never no gets. Did he ever apologize? That never Teddy. gets resolved. Yeah, I agree. But um. Also, this was another random plot hole that I feel like kind of like some like the hangover is the hangover trilogy is one of those movies where you're like, okay, they get really detailed, but you kind of have to throw the math of the film out in order to really enjoy the films. Because how the fuck did they get a tiger in the hotel room? (laughs) I was wondering the same thing. 
Yeah. Like them getting the tiger out was difficult. They had to drug the tiger and wheel it out a fucking thing. And my but guess is they the f- didn't like, yeah. I mean, like no one goes to sleep in Vegas unless it's during the day up at late at night. Everybody's partying and gambling and drinking and doing blow. And even if they weren't there's it's still a hotel. They still have a staff there. Yeah. So they just wandered in with fucking Shere Khan and fucking <laughs> on a leash. On a leash, and the dog, the dog, the tiger, fucking Tony the tiger is fucking like not drugged up, but they are. They're not even the level sense of like functionality. And like, they're like, yeah, well, what's Vegas? What happens in Vegas? Fucking, you know, tigers are involved. They're great. You know what? That's one of the things, going back to Jeffrey Tambor for a minute, not the person, but the character. And I can't remember the, the character's name right now, but like, I did like that he was like legit. Like what what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, and like you know had no Except problem. Herpes. That shit will fucking follow you back. Yeah, right. But I mean, like just the fact that he didn't, you know, none of it. He, he didn't. He didn't blink an eye. He didn't bat an eye, and wasn't even upset about it. Just like, but that's the other thing that like like I'm I'm I don't mind pulling out plot holes, but like when the cops find the fucking Mercedes, they would have found that it was registered to fucking Jeffrey Tambor. They would have called him. And then he would have been like, yes, it belongs to my, my son, in law my future son-in-law and all of his friends. My son is with them. His name is this. Right. And then it would have been like problem solved. And they would have been like, Hey, you know, we're looking, you're looking for us. Also, our friend is missing. Can you help us out? Well, it depends. See, it depends. And here, here's what I mean, right? Because it depends on what cops found it. Because Riggle and the woman, and I don't remember her name. Mm-hmm. And Riggle's not. something, but yeah. Yeah. They had their cop car stolen by these guys. That's the mm-hmm. cop car they're driving around in. So... Again, if you're, you're, I get your point that we're doing the hangover math here, but like, mm-hmm. if they report to their people, we let three drunk fuckers or four drunk fuckers, you know, steal our with a, car. with a tiger. <laughs> no, I think they stole the car first and then got the tiger, is what I think the the sequence of events. But right, um, regardless, you know, we let we let these four fuckers steal our cop car, you know. What kind of trouble are they going to get into? So, in theory, they're the ones that found their Mercedes and fucking left it there. Because if they had caught it in, you know what I mean? Well, you're telling me they wouldn't have done some, like... They eventually found them. for how You know, they found them at Jade's apartment. Right. So, they've been trying to find them this whole time. But they were searching for the cop car, not the Mercedes. That's true. But look, we're we're talking about a fucking franchise that also is like, you're telling me fucking Doug had enough strength to throw a fucking mattress off a roof? And um, throw just, a mattress? I didn't take it as much as he, 
like he just flipped it and then it and gravity did the rest. Like I didn't take it as like he like hulked it okay. over the edge of the Okay, place. let's <laughs> let's say he's just like unnaturally strong. Like he's got the strength of no, a natural I, treasure. I, I look I can lift I have a queen size mattress. Let's say it's a queen size mattress for the sake of the discussion, right? It's probably king, sure. but let's just say it's queen. I can lift my mattress into a standing position and flip it over by myself. I mean I can do that and I'm not that strong. That's what I'm saying. I don't think he like hulked out and threw it. Like I know they use the term threw it off the roof, but I don't think he literally like picked it up and threw it like a frisbee or uh, Okay. You know, I think he just flipped it over the edge and it I'll I'll, I'll give you that. But then like it shows the hotel staff looking at it and removing it from the statue. Right. No yeah. one checked the roof. Also, no one went on the roof ever for just 2 days. I mean, that's if if that's possible if everything's working with the air conditioning and everything cuz that's where all that shit was. So that that's that part's feasible. But the fact that, you know, like one of the revelation moments at the end when they figure out where where Doug has been for 2 days is that oh, windows in Vegas can't be opened. Well, the staff would have known that. So, yes, mm. to that point they would have been like the only place this could have come from is, is the, the roof. The roof. So yes, the staff should have been up there, you know. But that's not, what I'm saying. It's yeah. like once you start thinking about the log- logical aspects, well, you know, it's it just you're like, God damn! You, you, the only argument you can make is like, wow, people just don't give a fuck in Vegas. And to prove that theory, when they were filming this movie. Like, they were filming amongst, like, Vegas, like, people. Like, I read this. Yeah, I saw this. Re- residents and everything, and no one batted a fucking eye. Yeah. Like, everyone was, like, bloodied up and beat the shit. And they're just like, yep, it's Vegas. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I, I've done, I've done, you know, what do you want to call it, the, the walk of shame the day after in Vegas. I've, I've witnessed it, you know, firsthand. The only walk of shame I've done in Vegas is... Uh, walking through the airport. I thought you. Were, kinda, I thought you'd never been. I've never been to Vegas. I've been in the Vegas airport when oh. we had a transfer. Oh. No, no. When but I say walk of shame, I mean like you've been. It was a, a walk of shame. I was walking around. I felt shameful. Oh no 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 no! I mean, I know what yeah. you mean. I'm trying to tell you that like I was also captivated by the fact that it was the only airport I've ever seen where. There was that section where you could smoke inside, but it was like this sealed box mm-hmm. with suction fans and everything that like was sucking all the smoke while everyone's gambling. And it was like a, what, a 30 by 30 fucking box. Like, I felt like I was a fucking guinea pig. <laughs> oh, man, I miss McEachern. McCla- uh, McCoo? That's the name of the airports, McEachern. McEachern? Yeah. Oh. Well, okay. Or McLaren. It's McLaren. No, McEachern. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I got to look it up now. McCarran. That's it. McCarran. You're a McCarran. <laughs> but no, I, I miss that. Ever. I Like that. It's so funny because I watch movies that take place in Vegas now very differently than I did eight, nine years ago. Right. You know, knowing what I know about the area now, you know. The family, mm-hmm. seeing seeing behind the scenes, meaning like 
there's a whole other. Could you look? Look, there, there's a there's a common misconception about Vegas, right? That literally, like, they drop the strip in the middle of the desert, and there's nothing else. No, I know. I know. There's like I. I every, didn't say yeah. you. I said in general. There's you know, right. like people don't realize that you can leave the strip area, and there's a whole bunch of other shit going on. You know. Right. Now. And when I when I say that, I don't mean everybody because I mean obviously you have people like you know the Green Korean who who does that Vegas podcast specifically to ex- mm-hmm. to um, I was gonna say expose, but when I say expose those areas, I mean it in a positive way, like like enlighten people, be like, hey, there's this thing that's not the strip that you should check out, you know, like you right, know. um, and. Yeah, it's it, so. But when they do like flyovers now in Vegas, I look for like, can I see the family's house from? <laughs> you know, like, you know, I look for stuff like, or I look for landmarks of things like, like I, you know, like at one point in the third one when when Ken's doing the parachuting off the Caesar's Palace, mm-hmm. and like parachuting through the streets, essentially, he flies behind the casino my grandmother was a de- the dealer at. Right on. You know, so like it, it, and 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 to me that you know, while although she's gone now, it's it's a positive memory. Like I see that, and I'm like, oh, it's Grandma's casino. You know right. what I mean? And I laugh about it, like I or it brings a smile to my face of so like, oh, you know, that kind of thing. You know, so I, I like movies that when they feature Vegas, they do it correctly for the sake of the story. Like there, uh, there was the remake of that horror vampire film, Fright Night. Okay, we, I told you about. I I know of it. Yeah. Well, the remake is actually set in Vegas. Okay. And it kind of, for the story, for the sake of the story wise, I mean, this was also one of the few times, one of the first times I saw a movie set in Vegas where it showed outside the strip to, to your point, it sure. showed suburban, you know, Vegas. And there was like the, the whole cover for Jerry, the vampire was that he sleeps all day because he works on the strip at night. Makes sense. I was like, that's a fuck, because like your first thought is how the fuck are you going to sneak a goddamn vampire in Vegas? Yeah. And then you're like, oh, all right. That actually makes a lot of fucking sense. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Um, by the way, can I just say completely not related? Well, pretty much not related that whenever you, especially you for some reason, and it's not a pot negative thing, but like whenever you say Jerry, you specifically, I start immediately thinking of the joke that Robin Williams tells about Jerry Christ, the, the brother of Jesus. You know, it's really fucking funny because I have this weird fascination with the name Jerry because I view like I don't even I can't I don't even do it. I'm not even aware that I'm doing it, but like I'm playing games or I'm talking about someone and the person could be like. Like I'll make you know when I'm playing like Valhalla, like I'll I'll I'll, I'll crack fun. Sure. So I'm running over and I'm like killing guys. And there's a feature you just pick up their weapon they dropped and you throw it at a character and kill them with. Right. And I'm like, hey Jerry, pick. Th- hey, you dropped this. Let me throw it back to you. Can you catch this, Jerry? And I just <laughs> use the name Jerry, and it's just because Jerry's a fucking funny name to me. Fair enough. And and then. But the funny thing is, is that like this that was Steph's dad's name. So every time I'm doing it, she gets even she finds it even funnier. <laughs> that is pretty funny, actually. 
Because I'm just like, hey, Jerry, catch this. And she's like, why do you always use Jerry? And I'm like, I know, because Jerry's that, no offense to Jerry's. I've known some Jerry's that are nice and cool. But I just view Jerry as like that weird shyster lawyer dude, like who's also kind of a scumbag, but he also could be like the greatest nerd on the planet. Like he's really, like Jerry is multifaceted of a name. I take it the other way. Like I always feel bad because of the Jerry Christ joke. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know. I, but I, there's also like mobsters named Jerry Callow and shit yeah, like that. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, it's like Jerry is just one of those names that just could be anything. Sure. But I always kind of view it in the negative. <laughs> like, um, we can't end the right. episode on that. We got to come up with something to end this. So we can't end it like that. I, I thought I'm, I'm surprised we kept going. Like, I, I thought we were going to end with the fucking like Tony the Tiger bit. You know, you know, you know what you, what it is, what we didn't mention is I still think one of the most iconic scenes of the first movie and overall the franchise on a whole yeah. is Mike Tyson doing, uh, in fucking, the air tonight. Um, what the drum part from in the air tonight. Yes, dude. Yeah. yeah. Like I have to acknowledge that's a fucking iconic as scene because whether you like Phil Collins or not. And whether you even like that song or not, you can't help but fucking do the drum beat to that portion. Yeah. Yeah. I I, so, I like Phil Collins and that song, but I get your point. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, Say goodnight, Jerry. Uh, goodnight, Jerry. CJ here with a few thank yous to let you know how you can get in touch with and follow the show and us. Listen to us on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find your podcast. Please don't forget to rate and comment. If you want to agree with or yell at us, you can do it live. That's right. Rico and I put ourselves on a weekly live stream called Getting Vocal with Potaskew every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific at getvocal.com slash Potaskew. That's www.getvocal.com slash Potaskew where we discuss various topics from past and present shows and even sometimes play games. If you can't or don't want to join us live, you can follow Rico, me, and the show on Twitter. The show is at Podeskew, Rico is at Rance Rico, and I'm at M underscore Blade. We want to thank logo designer and show friend Mike for his work on our wonderful logo. You can contact him for artwork via email at logomike80 at gmail.com. That's logomike80. 80 at gmail.com. Thank you to Samuel Lemons for all original music on the show, especially our theme music. You can find Sam on Twitter at Samuel Lemons and his music on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Samuel Lemons. Finally, our biggest thank you is to you, everyone, for listening. Rico and I really appreciate your time and look forward to bringing you another episode soon. Tracy, I'm sorry. It happened again. No, this time we really fucked up. Thank you.